Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com and I'm your host Martin Bushby and joining me as always is Benno and we've got a special guest this week, uh, none other than JP Hulhan from Grapple Spotlight and New Year lads, uh, how was Christmas Benno, uh, did you have a good time? Yeah, sounds feels like it was a million years ago now, like yeah, it's just, <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of, to be honest, did what everybody else did and just chilled out really stuck or sat in watch loads of uh films over the christmas period added them all onto my uh my letterboxd account went through all the old favorites your home alones and your planes trains of the world and that's kind of what i did you know christmas morning i got up and i watched the uh, i watched john and way's christmas show which has kind of become my christmas morning tradition at this point uh and i went on to you know had a few beers was one of the lucky ones able to to go to me uh, my mum's house being in a in a bubble with her and then yeah i was back home on the couch uh doing that again to be honest it was a different christmas period but you know it was uh still nice to be to be off work and the like and yeah feels like it it just didn't even happen at this point in january yeah, no, I think I did the most Zoom calls ever on uh, Christmas Day morning, <laughs> just with everyone, and then uh, my, my wife's family in Spain and things like that, so I was absolutely exhausted come one o'clock, so I was ready to hit the booze then. Um, what about you, JP? Do you have a good uh, festive period? I did. I was very glad of the break, so I was just grateful to be able to kind of rest up as much as anything. Um, I've got family all over the place, like my brother's in Ireland and my sister's in the States, so I'm quite used to sort of doing Zoom calls, and... Um, like Benno, I'm in a kind of similar bubble where there's me, my sons and their mum. So we all ended up spending Christmas Day together. Um, watched Tropic Thunder, which I hadn't seen for a while, um, which always makes me laugh, as gleefully offensive as it is. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, it's kind of back down, back to lockdown life, really, isn't it? So mm. it's um, endless games of football and watching um playing a fantasy league and things like that and just going for long walks it's it's very much sort of back in that routine in the uk at the minute did you get any nice presents it's always weird when you get sort of like our sort of ages uh, what presents sort of people get because like you pass that age where you sort of like need money from your parents or whatever <laughs> i mean what sort, of, what sort of presents were you getting jp Oh, um, I got some pretty decent ones. I got got a good few books, including one that I'm looking forward to reading, which is um, Inside the Indie Wrestling Revolution. It's uh, the new Keith Greenberg book, which I'm intrigued to sort of see. So it's about sort of like the rise of US wrestling and, and sort of like the create and how AEW sort of came about. So I'm intrigued at reading that. Um, outside of that, got some sort of nice clothes and a few bits and bobs got a great waterford jersey from a brother so mm. this is one of the christmases where i was like yeah did all right with this yeah i got a quite a few books i got this massive andrew mar one elizabethans I think it's basically like it's you know like a doorstop type book and basically it's yeah. just about you know from all the people who've been influential in the past sort of like 70 odd years and then my brother always gets me a wrestling book every year and I was like oh well, surely he's run out of wrestling books to buy me and then you know lo and behold open it up and it's the young books book so I haven't had a chance to read that yet and then I got a few other oh. books I used to read tons and tons and I'm a pretty fast reader so I'm gonna try and give you know <laughs> some more sort of like better stuff than maybe the young books book but uh, other things <laughs> uh, ago this year what about you anyway Benno do you get anything nice I don't know. You, know, you said about being old now, and like I'm thinking about it. And my dad, who I think I've mentioned before, he, you know, he's a, he's a he's a he's a straightforward man. Gave me cash for Christmas, and me <laughs> now being 
now being 36 years old, I went and took that cash and spent it on some electricity to get warm in my new flat. Um, no I, I got that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold right now, you know? It's costing me like a five yeah. a day. It's ridiculous. Um, but like, I got a, I got an Amazon gift card from my mum. I think, I think I spent that on like household stuff. Uh, yeah, it's no fun being, uh, being this age, I think. I, I got a few like bits of clothes and, uh, and stuff like that as well, but. I was pretty uh i was pretty grown up about it all to be honest and uh yeah put it all on the essentials yeah i wish i was getting money off of my uh relatives rather than uh young books book and things like that but anyway <laughs> uh... <laughs> that's real thought gone into that martin i'm i'm sure it did i'm sure you just put wrestling books into amazon and that was the first one that came <laughs> <up>. <laughs> i remember he had bought me the brian pillman book one year and it was literally like two weeks later and he was like have you read it yet and i was like no and he was like all oh, right so i, I want to read it so can you bring it back that is, that is, week? <laughs> that is the worst when, like, relatives, like, not specifically in that case, but, like, I've had that happen before. Like, you know, people have bought me, like, the WWE annual for 2018. And it's like, oh, you like wrestling, so you'll like this. It's like, yeah, I will literally. In fact, I've got one behind me uh, in my little display that I don't think I've ever opened. Um, saying that, we made called it by me a, a nice uh, hoodie this year. For, it was a, a, the American Males uh, theme on, on a hoodie. It just says American Males, American Males, American Males over and over on the front. And he bought me a Future Shock DVD. So, you know, I'll take that. I think he got it for a quid in a bargain bin somewhere in Manchester. But still, you know, the thought was there. <laughs> Top guy, Colin. I've only <laughs> seen lad, through, him through his Twitter interactions, but it seems like a top guy. But um, yeah, I've had the uh, another bigger news. I had the vaccine last week. Uh, oh, did you? I didn't realise. Yeah, really? Yeah. Like Everything went smoothly. It's just the weird thing that I, I wake up every morning and I have the Windows 98 login theme in my head. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> Uh, that Bill Gates, you got to watch him. Yeah, do you, do you still collapse to uh, when you pass by the, any five G towers? Do you tend to collapse to the ground? <laughs> anything like that? Well, yeah, I've been getting headaches recently. Maybe that. Maybe yeah. that's, uh, ah, that's all right. What's it actually? What was it? What was it actually like getting it done in general? Have you had both doses or just the first? No, I just had the first, and then because obviously they pushed it back for like twelve weeks now, aren't they? So, uh, but yeah, it was just like having the flu jab. If anyone's had the flu jab, and then your arm just feels really heavy, and every time you like rest your arm for more than five minutes and pull it up, it feels like it's the heaviest weight in the world. But yeah, all fine. Mm. They seem to be flashing through them at my work. So uh, yeah, so it's all good on that point. I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? I think hopefully the quicker that gets rolled out, I'm hoping as a key worker to be somewhere near the front of the queue. But yeah, it's the likes of yourselves right in the uh, in the front line, and obviously you know we've all got elderly relatives that we would hope will get it soon mm. enough. And you know, I'm like, my dad's wife's got COVID right now, and my mum's self-isolating too. It's far too close to home right now. It's just everywhere, isn't it? And like well, a couple of my mates have, have gotten COVID as well. I think we can all, we'll all be a bit more comfortable once we can, uh, we can get that job. And hopefully if anyone else there is listening, is, is a doubter. See, Martin's proof. He's alive. Bill Gates doesn't take him out. He survived yeah. it. We're doing, you know. He hasn't American become the Manchurian. He hasn't become the Manchurian <laughs> candidate just yet, has he? There you go. <laughs> Martin's the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of my work, I had a really sort of like an in time, in tying it up with wrestling i had um uh, a really embarrassing encounter at work the other day because uh, we've got this sort of like trainee scrub nurse who, who's from o- osaka and i was talking to her and showing her some pictures from uh, my time in tokyo and she looked at the uh, tokyo dome pics so obviously me wh john and everyone outside tokyo dome she's like all oh, right did you go to a concert there or something i said uh now i went to new japan and she just looked at me and then put her head in her hands and went oh no 
<laughs> like, oh, <God. laughs> and then like a flash this sort of like Canadian perfusionist jumped out of the side of the coffee room and went wait you went out to Japan just to watch wrestling and then looked at me kind of like sort of like uh, Superintendent Shulmers <laughs> looks at Skinner on the Simpsons so it's weird because I always think we were surrounded by like you know via social media people who've got similar interests to us and, and you might think wrestling's slightly cool but then you know when it comes into your real life you realize it absolutely isn't when you see people's reactions to wrestling i don't know if you're like work colleagues are the same i when my um when i took i took the two days off of wrestle kingdom like normal um i know a lot of people didn't because they weren't that into the card this year but our boss actually said that to me she went, oh why are you off work and i was like oh, i had to admit it i was like oh i'm I'm watching some wrestling stuff. You know, as I do a podcast, so I thought I'd get away with it. And she went, oh, they're crazy, those Americans, aren't they? And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to correct her. I don't want to go into that discussion about how I watch Japanese wrestling. Because you're right. <laughs> to anybody in the normal world, that is, that, that, that's just going to blow their minds too much. Uh, never mind the fact we cover like this British stuff and that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I, don't, I think that's a good reason to go to Japan. We should go next year, JP. Wrestle Kingdom. I know Will's already planned to go and meet you there, uh, Martin. I think we, uh, if the world's somewhat normal again, I think that'd be a good, uh, good reunion trip for the uh, the whole uh, post Grapple family. God, oh, yeah, yes, definitely. Yep, yeah, I'd happily escape this country at the moment for a multitude of reasons. Wrestle Kingdom would certainly be a great one to do it for, and if it's like the first big holiday that you can do afterwards, then yeah. It would be it would be absolutely fantastic. Might as well do those bucket list things now, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, sixteen carrots off this year. Yeah. yeah, we can save that money, can't we? With uh, with not doing anything else, mm. it's uh, good goal to aim for. I reckon. We did have some great news over the Christmas period, though, didn't we? That obviously um, our friend and former podcast host James is back with his new show, the Boots and Trunks podcast. He uh, dropped a little ten minute uh, preview the other week. Um, Got to say, though, obviously, you know, might be a bit biased, but real looking forward to hearing it. And it was, yeah, I think we can all agree that it was fantastic to hear Jamesy back on the pod waves, weren't he? Really missing him so much on this show. I mean, completely understand his reasoning for leaving him, but just so happy to hear, you know, Jamesy in your headphones again, I think. Top man, I'm like, um, no shame listening to that thing. I had a little bit of a, a, little bit of a tear in my eye. It was uh, just it was, nice. It was emotional like for it's... me as well, Benno. It's a, well, it's it, it's been a horrible, horrible uh, year, twenty twenty, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, but yeah, I think it was nice to start the you know the year with a with a bit of positivity. Um, obviously, Jamesy, uh, you know, gentleman he is, gave some nice shout outs to uh, to us lot on there as well. Um, but yeah, it's a that first uh, podcast he's done. If people haven't heard, it is a great listen. It is just you know purely Jamesy, you know, explaining you know, in more detail, you know, his reasons for uh, for leaving the podcasting world in 2020 and, you know, his feelings towards uh, European wrestling in general in 2020. But, you know, also giving us a bit of positivity, you know, boots and trunks. Does that does that not describe Jamesy? Like going yeah. forward, the <laughs> idea of Jamesy reviewing Jamesy matches, uh, which was always the highlight when he was on here. Um, yeah, that's a it's a great idea for a podcast. And yeah, just great to hear that, uh, that Jamesy's going to be back in the in the podcast podcast sphere. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to follow up what both of you have said. So looking forward to it. Um, there's not enough Waterford voices on wrestling podcasts as it is, so it's just great, great to have him back. Um, I'm just hoping he finds time when it. I don't know if it fits in with the boots and trunks theme, but if you can find time for the Chamber of Horrors match at Halloween <laughs> Havoc '91, because some of them feel, are wearing boots, some of them have got trunks on. Well, I was going to say Abdullah, Abdullah the Butcher's wearing boots. I'd just be very <laughs> interested to see what his take on that is. <laughs> 
There you go, James. There you go, James. There's your first show lined up for you. There it is. Chamber of Horrors night. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, just before we get into the main show, we've got a big big announcement. Uh, Myself and Benno will be appearing on this year's Up Next Royal Rumble game. Uh, Benno, are you excited for this one with the Up Next boys? What is it and how does it work? Like, because I really don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I've agreed to something here, and it's all getting very threatening. Like, you know, Andrew's on the timeline giving it, giving it the big balls. I heard something about a dog beating him at the the, the last one of these contests. I know, I know you're bang up for it. Like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing people cutting promos here and there. I, I don't know what I've got it myself into, man. I'm, 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 I'll be honest, I'm terrified. Um, that's all I can really say. Oh, I love these things. I've checked a few out before, and uh, yeah, yeah, you are right. They do get really competitive, and I feel like you've got to cut a promo on someone. Like it's just like a rite of passage before you uh, before you get on there. I mean, I've got to say the one I'm really gunning for. Massive target on his back's got to be Mister Waiting. He's he's, <laughs> he's the target for me because I've listened to a few of these now, and you know he always tries to be cute. You know, like the picking Matilda the dog or fucking Dave Mastiff. You know, and I'm. I'm not going to stand for that shit, cowboy. So, you know, come at that with me and, you know, and I'll take your pics and shum up your fucking ass, you know, if you come at me with those sorts of things. And uh, But everyone else is completely fine. It's just waiting I'm gunning for on that one. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Shots fired. I'm terrified. I'm going to, like, I'll be like Road Dog in the 2000 Rumble. I'll just grab onto the bottom rope and, and hope and, uh, and pray or hide under the ring or something. Jesus. It's, uh, it's real out there. <laughs> I'm scared to listen, lads. I don't know how, how this is all going to work out. It feels like there's going to be a, a a lot of anger coming out of this one. But it's good. Like a Royal Rumble with heat. You know, that's that's certainly different from what WWE will inevitably deliver. I just feel like yeah. Venom's going to wake up one morning and his Twitter feed's going to be full of people just completely slating him and he's going to say, yeah, what, what's going on here? <laughs> that's, that's just a regular Monday when I tweet about NXT UK, mate. It's, uh... <laughs> he's on the table. Seriously, though, obviously, you know, a bit of humour there. But uh, really looking forward to the show and obviously definitely go and check out the Up Next Patreon, you know, some cracking podcasts on there. But... Now that's off my chest. Uh, sorry, Way. Uh, <laughs> shall, we, shall we talk some Brit? Way, I still love you. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, because first on the docket this month, uh, NXT UK. Um, had a couple of notable happenings from their shows. Obviously, t- Title Bait made his return after disappearing for a few months for uh, a match with Heritage Cup winner, A-Kid. Um I mean, before we get into the match itself, uh, did you guys get some Robbie X vibes from Tyler Bate here? I don't know if it was just me, but during the match, they had a big graphic on the screen behind him with Tyler's, like, you know, longer hair and beard. I just kept thinking Robbie X was on the screen behind him. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. but he looked somewhat disheveled, didn't he? He did. There was something about this roster, isn't it? It's like, uh, you know, we've been in lockdown, but the barbers are open, you know? Like, I feel like... <laughs> Between him, Flash Morgan Webster, yeah. Noam Dar looks like he could do for it with a bit of a bit of grooming. Uh, yeah, he did. He looked dishevelled. Probably the word. I think you're right there, JP. Uh, I enjoyed the match though. Uh, nothing too blow away. Even the round stuff, you know, uh, mm. was hampering them a bit. But I thought there was some really flashy stuff in here, JP. Yeah, it's a it's a funny one because um, I didn't watch any of the Heritage Cup tournaments. I sort of dived into into these shows uh, somewhat blind. I didn't mind it, but then uh, this is something that's probably related to I've spoken about on Grapple in terms of being quite enjoying the Ring of Honor Pure tournament. And this feels like a kind of very obvious example of rather than saying pure wrestling, it's like 
what would be traditional British wrestling. So I didn't necessarily mind it with the breaks. It kind of gave it much more of a sports-based edge. They were talking a lot about kind of MMA, and they were saying, well, Tyler Bates been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I thought, well, he's not exactly going to turn into Hoist Gracie immediately, is he, if he's doing that in Wolverhampton? But at the same time, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was like a, a, a really good, solid match. I was sort of shocked by how big A-Kid is. Having seen him as someone who was like more or less, you know, sort of really betting on, on himself and coming over um, to the uh, to the UK on the, regularly from Madrid, it felt like it was um, it was quite shocking seeing him at that size. But he hasn't lost any of that kind of like fundamentally what he is, which is a, a an excellent mat wrestler. And while this isn't the same as say his match against Zack Saber um, in White Wolf, I enjoyed this for kind of what it was. Even if, like, I mean, I, I don't think it's... If it didn't have that and it had the kind of natural flow and maybe didn't have those 20-second breaks, because I think that you have a point there, Martin, about it. You do lose somewhat of the flow of it, though, at the same time. But I, I still enjoyed this. Benno? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's always a... Like JP says there, there's always going to be a ceiling for me on these types of matches. I don't like the round style. What I saw of the tournament, I didn't usually enjoy, to be honest. Um, when the big spots hit, the, the big spots, you know, specifically, you know, that springboard spot, you know, with with, uh, with A-Kid walking the ropes and uh, flipping into a weird DDT or whatever he was doing that led into the, uh, <laughs> led into the finish. There were big moments like that that I really enjoyed in the match. But I don't know, I think it would have been much stronger without being hamstrung by those rules um yeah i think a kids you know we're going to talk about a, a, another bigger match he had uh, later on in the, this last month worth of uh, of run of uh, nxt uk as a for me a surprise i thought he was one of those people who's going to go to the big warehouse in enfield and disappear um but going with him and you know they've, they've clearly shown you know intent with him over this last month period by you know putting him in this big match with tyler Bates and putting him uh in a position to be you know even a you know a title challenger in this last month is is kind of crazy uh, considering where he was uh this time last year um so yeah i suppose that's a that's a positive um but yeah as a match I, I to be honest i just thought it was fine um but i think i'm i'm one of those i'm, I'm a stickler uh, for me you know if jamesy was still here he'd be, he'd be telling you the uh, the benefits of rounds rules but i'd rather they were just left in the 80s where they belonged um, <laughs> i would rather have seen a kid and tyler Bay go out there and just kill it in a short 15 minute match that we got glimpses of here you know with, with the big mm. spots and the match um but it it is as jp said always going to be hamstrung by the fact that you've got to go back to your corner and start the next round um i just personally don't find that uh that trope the most interesting did you guys get chance to see the uh, Noam Dar chat show thing that led to this match? Uh, it had sort of Tyler Bate coming out with A-Kid and Noam saying, um, oh, big strong boy, is that what Trent calls you when you eat greens? And Tyler just replying, no, that's what my mum calls me. And then they just had a really awkward silence. And it was just, uh, uh, <laughs> so the whole segment, it was like Noam was trying to get some sort of like energy to it. And it was just really, really awkward. I don't know if either of you had a chance to see that. No, didn't say that at all. I saw it, sadly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, how 2017 is that big, strong boy stuff? Like, mm. uh, it was a funny joke Trent did once on Twitter. How is it still his gimmick? You see the NXT UK Twitter account, like, retweeting and constantly tweeting about this big, strong boy, and it just looks weird. And it seems even weirder coming out of Tyler Bates' mouth. Like, how has he, how has he been in NXT UK this long and he still can't talk? 
Yeah. yeah, surely with have learned to cut a promo by now. Awful it was. Absolutely awful. I think that like, the Noam Dar stuff I hated on site, like the whole like chat show. You, if you write up your street, JP, it feels a little bit. I don't know what would the like Alan Partridge maybe Martin or like yeah. that kind of vibe <laughs> okay. going for. And on site, it seems terrible, and it is in a lot of ways terrible. But I think it being bad is kind of funny uh, in some ways with Noam Dar talking to the plants and you know his canned laughter and all of, all of that stuff. It's it's got a certain charm to it. But it was really bad in this segment, mainly because yeah, Tyler Bate just yeah just couldn't have been more obviously if if you had a piece of paper in his hand that he was reading a script. It was uh, it was pretty embarrassing. I think you could say that Benno about most of the promo segments on uh, NXT UK, really, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, it's you know as we've said in the past, it's it feels like you know amateur hour drama school doing an impression of what they've seen people do on monday night raw stuff um and they are you know the hamstrung by you know the, the 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 scenario that they're in you know they're having to you know talk about uh, what is it championship opportunities mm-hmm. uh the title shots like in the uh, in the devlin and naked uh segment on and uh, dome Dar's chat show uh, i think i heard uh Sorry, Devlin and um, and Ben Carter. I think I heard Ben Carter use that phrase, and I, I cringed quite heavily. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's only there's only so much you can do within that world, and maybe there's a bit of a charm to the Noam Dar stuff. But yeah, it comes across really, really cringe early. Before we get into uh, Ben Carter, can you see sort of like you said the going with a kid? Can you see him being the headliner for sort of like this brand of WWE? I mean, he's always been great in the ring, but can you see him sort of like having these big sort of like takeover main events when they start happening again, JP? It's difficult to say because the potential for having really good matches is there. And he's got, I mean, what I would say to him is he wasn't sort of, even going for the match that we saw um, tonight against Walter, he's not phased by the the kind of scenario and the surrounding. I just think the unfortunate thing is, is that it's it's like the adage if, if a, if a tree falls in a forest, is anyone there to hear it? Like being, sort of the main person on an NXT UK brand, I don't how much cachet that really holds because it feels like Walt is just sort of spinning his heels, being able to be in Europe, frankly. That's why it kind of works for him. And it would be whether or not he'd be able to progress because I think there's interesting things that you could you could do with it. I think one of the main things actually is whether or not you change his name. I think A Kid sounds mm. like a very indie name. Yeah. And it's something like where he should have well, he looks, frankly, like he's progressed by it because he doesn't look like a bloody kid, given the size of him. Um, and it's 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 trying to stand out, but it's very difficult when the setting for this looks virtually the same as kind of NXT. And it's it's difficult when you're stuck around people who are like doing constant performance, like Benno said, where there's, you know, people looking to the camera. And even though I kind of liked with him, there's, there's much less of that with him than there is with, like, say, some of the others who are permanently kind of doing their pose and looking to the hard cam. I I think overall, I'd, I'd like to say yes, but it's WWE, which means I don't think he will end up being the main person. It's whether or not they get bored of him in a few months' time or they don't like the fact that even though he's only known English, like when he first started working over here sort of four years ago, he had very, very limited English. Now he's at the point where he's cutting, frankly, better promos than Tyler Bate. So... Mm-hmm which may not be saying much, might be damning with faint <laughs> praise. But at the same time, you know, it's it's how far they're willing to invest on him. And I also think as well, he's kind of clean and he's fresh. 
and there isn't like kind of any clouds hanging over him say like there is with sort of numbers of other people so i think in a way he's kind of a bit more of a break from a lot of the kind of much more like kind of horrible aspects of sort of british and european wrestling so I suppose sticking with Aiken, um, his match with Walter happened tonight as of recording this, and um, it was a nice, simple story, weren't you? We've seen it a few times with Walter against a sort of like smaller opponent, you know, Aiken doing his best to sort of hack Walter down and, you know, uh, countering his chops and then Walter hammering him and eventually sort of like grinding him down. But, um, and you know, Aiken having this sort of like never-say-die attitude keeping, he kept coming back, didn't he? Sort of taking everything Walter had until... Um, you know, he eventually lost. But um, Benno, um, I, I, another enjoyable match, obviously not hampered by the, the rounds on this one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, it was one of those matches where, you know, Walter's done it before. Uh, I don't know if he's worked naked before, but I'm sure if he did, it'd be like this anywhere else. That's the thing you get with Walter, I think, in NXT, that he, he's NXT UK. He's, he's one of the few people, I think, on this roster where I don't even think he's... Is everyone too scared to give him the instructions about working the hard cram and working the NXT UK style? Because I feel like overall, while there are some, you know, differences to to indie walter he's one of the few people who's been allowed to just go in there and be himself you know we're gonna we're doing our grapple match of the year podcast for 2020 next week and you know spoiler that that walter really match is gonna be high up on my list and it surprised me how high it is if you want to you know a little tease for for that podcast next week and you know while this wasn't you know, in that stratosphere, that was a match that felt like it didn't even take place on NXT UK. It felt like we were transported to another world during this match, during that match. And this match was, you know, a little bit safer uh, in a lot of ways, um, physically uh, and in general. Um, but it was, you know, it was again different to, to what else you get um, on this program. And it was, like you said, simple. A kid trying to doing his best to to even try and pick a limb with Walter and, and fight back as this big bear tries to maul him and, and murder him and staying in the match for as you know as long as he did again shows uh, where they see uh, a kid on this roster really enjoyable match probably you know four-star match compared to what was probably a five-star match with the uh, the Ilya walter match but yeah uh, one that i think you know if i, I can't imagine everyone uh, listening to this is watching nxt uk every week and nor am i but this is a is a a match that's worth uh, tuning in for and seeing and yeah i think overall you know to to a kid's potential i think this is his level um i think he's going to be you know tv guy who gets put in big spots every now and then i think they want to heat him up a certain level so you know to get that that spanish speaking audience on board um we forget sometimes it's called nxt uk but you know, these these two lads are very firmly not from the UK, uh, and there's a, a lot of European representation in uh, in NXT UK. I think they they want to lean into that, you know, and have a kid as you know their their guy from uh, from Spain, um, and, and you know get him get him over with that audience. Whether that'll work on on a show like NXT UK, I don't know, but I think that's the thinking, and I think yeah, he's going to be this certain level rather than yeah, you know, take over main event uh, for my money. Do you, do you echo sort of like Benno's thoughts there, JP? Oh yeah, I mean, um, I completely agree with with the match itself. I mean, it, it's something like it's a it's a bit worrying when a smile comes in my face after hearing a water chop going. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, they. That, I remember watching that in wrestling. That was really good fun. <laughs> um, and and so I enjoyed it. And like you say, it was a really simple structure, and it felt like. And it depends what they do with a kid, but it 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 made sense for him to kind of like he comes up against like. He shouldn't be beating Walter at this point. Um, you you still want Walter as the killer. He's he's your kind of big 
personality that kind of overshadows everything that's there. In fact, to the point where it's hard to see who you would have kind of defeat him, really, who who you'd be able to go with that might kind of really kick on. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the sort of the how brutal it got. I thought a kid didn't come. I thought he came across quite well um, in the sense that, you know, trying to kind of hack down at him, like you said, with with the knee and then sort of work, work into the arms as well. There was a point when Walters kind of just laid him across the top turnbuckle and gave him what it just sounded like a shotgun. Yeah. frankly, um, hitting him. And it was, and like Benno said, it's just different to everything else that's on that show. Because unfortunately, I'd managed to accidentally click on a, uh, was it the Hunt versus uh, Gallus match, um, which is like oh horrible. A, it's very difficult to sell anyone apart in that match. It's just lads <laughs> with beers. But like, it's so... It just felt so sort of stale. Whereas at least with this, there was an easy, simple match-based story that came into it. And I also liked the fact that it played into the fact that a kid wasn't used to sort of not doing the the round style. I think that's the kind of if you depends how serious you are on him. If you're going to do this sort of slow burn and you had faith in them doing it, it's kind of a good start. But I fear that what Benno said, like that, this really might kind of be the ceiling for him. Well, someone who I imagine he, he could a little match up well against is um is the one we were all waiting for, especially Benno, was uh Ben <laughs> Carter making his debut on the show, uh, challenged by Jordan Devlin, but uh forgetting about Devlin there. Uh, I thought thoughts on Carter in his debut here, Benno. Yeah, um I think yeah, it's good to see getting getting some food on his table, you know, around Christmas time. I think it's <laughs> uh, that everyone does. Um, <laughs> yeah, he I think that what you can say about Ben Carter is that they, although this is a losing debut for him, they clearly, you know, see something in him. They gave him the Gnome Dar chat show segments, which we talked about earlier, um, you know, and to, to introduce him and, you know, immediately put him in the main event. Uh, so, you know, you can see they've, they've got, you know, good expectations for him. It's hard to talk around it, really. I don't want to see him against Jordan Devlin. I don't want to see Jordan Devlin, to be honest. Um Match itself was good. Um, you know, it was a good ac- exhibition of what Ben Carter can do. Um, I wonder with Ben Carter, you know, this is, I say on the one hand, I suppose it's a positive from his point of view that he's come into NXT UK and they have immediately put him in a main event week one. Where's he go from here, though? Uh, I mean, and the, what is what is the, the Ben Carter career path? Does, you know, okay, yeah, maybe he'll, maybe he, you know, unlike A-Kid, I think I could see... Uh, main event in the NXT UK takeover at some point. Um, does he ever get back out to the US? Does he ever make it to the main roster? I personally don't see those things happening. Um, I can't help but watch, you know, again, you know, seeing who's in the ring with maybe sours me even more, but I can't help but watch a Ben Carter in an, in an NXT UK environment and just wish for more, to be honest, as a fan. Uh, as glad as I am, he can put food on his table. Um, but yeah, you know, certainly there was, there was plenty of uh, hype for the match. You've got, you know, Triple H putting the match over um, on Twitter as well. So I suppose that's a that's a positive for all, all Ben Carter as well. Um, and I suppose one positive you can say is he came in and he was, you know, unlike uh, someone who appeared on tonight's show, they brought him in and you know, he's called Ben Carter. He's wearing the same gear that he wore on AEW, that he wore on GCW shows. You know, he's the same act 
Um, so, you know, they clearly, I'm guessing Seth Rollins has put a good word in. They clearly see something in him. Um, I just wonder what the ceiling is to to that something. And uh, yeah, personally, as a fan of Ben Carter, this wasn't the, uh, the route I wanted him to take. But yeah, I suppose a, a solid first match for him to, uh, to start off with. What did you, uh, Benno, what did you make of um, the small bits of sort of like character we saw from him? It seemed to be like sort of like, yeah, hey, I'm laid back, cool dude, yeah, whatever man sort of thing. Yeah, they tried to give him that because he's got that little uh, American twang in his accent, doesn't he, from living over there. Uh, I don't know how long he particularly lived there, to be honest, but yeah, he's, he's kind of got that going for him. He's got that, that laid back charisma. They're going to want to do that. They're not going to just put him in the ring and, and let him wrestle and be great. They're going to want to drag, you know, uh, something out of him, you know, and fit their system. Um, but I would say, yeah, from a personality point of view, just based on that known Dar segment, he offered lots more than Tyler Bate did um, the other week. So, you know, I can't, I don't see him drowning uh in that aspect either um i think as long as you know he's given the opportunity to go out there and, and still kill it and have, have great matches uh, i don't think it'll be a huge distraction and yeah the, that's just the way isn't it I, I say the positive is they called him ben carter and the positive is they let him wear his normal gear and he was himself they'll still want to put their own coat of paint on it mm. um so you probably got to kind mm. of <laughs> accept that uh, that comes with the territory yeah, it's a weird one for me, JP, because I thought the whole reason that he was signing with WWE is because, you know, he had some kind of issue with his sort of, like, US working visa, and then they just shipped him back over here anyway. Yeah. Um, it's it's very weird, isn't it, with him? Because you'd think in some ways if you were going to bring in someone and, and kind of kind of go straight to the moon with them, then this would be it. But bringing him in this way against what also I have to say, I mean, I didn't want to see Devlin. But he also looks somewhat out of shape, which I know sounds very weird, but he doesn't look like anywhere. I don't know. He doesn't look like what, what he was, certainly. Mm. And, and I think you can say that about sort of a few people on this roster. Um, it just feels like, I mean, I was watching this match and I was thinking of the match he had with Scorpio Sky on AEW and how much mm. I enjoyed that. And that was, you know, in some ways not set up to be really different from this. But obviously, I just had a, a lot more investment. There was a lot more kind of obvious shine on him. But also at the same time, like it's AEW compared to NXT UK. And, you know, him losing on AEW kind of made sense within the world of sort of AEW and the kind of roster they have. But NXT UK is like, you, this match didn't necessarily need to exist. There's a million and one people he could be wrestling with in order to kind of like build him up. It, yeah, just... That's the thing that didn't give me hope. But at the same time, he wasn't begging for his dinner. So I felt like happy about that, even though this is the most three star of matches. And he's someone whose ceiling is higher than three stars and higher than this. Yeah, well, it's like you say, at least he's, uh, at least he's managing to order some takeaways and stuff now. So that's good for him. But um... oh, if Benno had his way, he'd be, you know, he'd be out on his ear, wouldn't he? He would, yeah. Well, there you go. That's me. That's what I watch wrestling for, JP, as uh, the great snowboy said on Twitter today. I just I just want these strangers that I don't know to make money. That That's all I'm about. Um, <laughs> it's like when your favourite player sounds, for, your favourite player signs for Chelsea and gets put in the, uh, in the massive squad and never gets a game. I don't watch, I don't go, oh, I wish I could watch him play for my club. I just watch it and go, I'm so glad he's making money. That, that's the lesson here. <laughs> um, any other sort of like NXT UK thoughts? Obviously, we had Ed Harvey or Shaw Samuels or whoever who is going by debuting on the show. I mean, to echo some of your thoughts that you were saying earlier, but no, I thought he'd already. I thought he was already there. Yeah, like this is it. When JP said before about like I 
I try to do the right thing and watch NXT UK on BT Sport tonight, only to find out that, oh yeah, the, the quote-unquote live version is not on BT Sport for some reason. It's on the network, because Lord knows need to keep those 50 subscribers. I say 50, 51 actually, Ian Hamilton as well. Um, so I couldn't watch it live. <laughs> so I ended up like... I, I, by mistake, watched like five minutes of Monday Night Raw that happened to be on BT Sports too at the same time. And then by the time I managed to, to get the thing on through through means where I can watch wrestling, um, I got it on and we were a couple of minutes in and yeah, he was already in the ring. And honest to God, I, it didn't occur to me that Charles Samuels wasn't already an NXT UK wrestler. I just assumed he was. <laughs> I just thought that's, yeah, yeah, Charles Samuels on NXT UK. That makes sense. And then, yeah, they uh, they, they cut that, uh, that segment, didn't they, with him... Uh, Throwing out his uh, his given NXT UK name and making clear that he is Shah Samuels, um, bit of a bizarre one to be honest. I suppose leaning into that that idea of uh, what they normally do when they sign people to to proper NXT contracts. Although you know you don't see a lot of that in NXT UK, um, but yeah, I mean I can't. You know, we knew it was coming, which is probably why I, I wasn't uh, shocked to see him on the TV. He is someone who's in that club with you know Rampage Brown, Dave Mastiff, Shah Samuels. They are three people who. God love them. Get that money, lads. You know, they, they are three people who have done everything you can do. You know, maybe Rampage Brown had a Japan run in them that we didn't get. And I'm a bit disappointed about that. But other than that, they are three lads who have earned it and deserve, you know, to to get that that little bit of cash at the, at this point because there isn't a huge amount of... Uh, I don't think there's a huge amount of more interesting things Charles Samuels had to do out on the indies. Um, maybe Rev Pro had some ideas for him going into 2021. But other than that, you know, he is someone who, you know, unlike a Ben Carter where it might be a begrudging fan i'll watch that and go you know what good lad shot get that cash get yeah. that bag so andy would say it's, <laughs> it, it, it's funny because um you know we we're talking about age earlier and we must have really bad memories because he was on one of those red pro epic encounter shows weren't you like that we watched a couple of months ago so clearly showing that he wasn't part of nxt <clears> uk so yeah uh, not remembering that very well but um someone else who's been involved in nxt uk and even Shawn michaels sent him a video uh today i think was uh andrew flintoff obviously the famous english cricketer who now presents top gear um he's been tweeting that he wants to appear on nxt uk jp yeah <laughs> um <laughs> oh it's funny actually he's on a program at the minute like he's, he's i think there's a program with him in australia or stuff like that at the minute i mean it's from a kind of UK celebrity base, you could imagine that he would get some interest and that Freddie Flintoff would be game being Freddie Flintoff. And he's got that experience with Darren Goff. And as we've sort of discussed in our, in our own private chats that maybe Goffy might well have been the, 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 the kind of better person, but um, he's quite a sort of reasonably big figure, Andrew Flintoff. And, but at the same time, NXT UK, it's not going to do any kind of business whatsoever. I mean, if he's doing it in front of the the kind of wall of skulls that it, the deadheads, as I like to think of them, by the screen, you know, it's it it's going to feel so sterile. It's the kind of thing where you need a crowd there in order for it to work. Him doing it though, he would give it his all. I don't just don't see him becoming good. Um, but he's he's Freddie Flintoff, and the two thousand and five Ashes will always have a. Uh, a, a permanent place in my heart. So, yeah, go Freddie. Yeah, it's, but, but anyway, it's weird with those sort of like UK travel shows where they send the celebrity off around the world because they inevitably end up in Mexico 
and they inevitably <laughs> end up doing Lucha Libre. I remember seeing something where Gordon Ramsay was doing it as well. It's sort of weird that they always end up in Mexico doing these Lucha Libre shows. And yeah, I think like uh, like JP noted, it was uh, yeah. I watched that one uh, with Freddie Flintoff and Darren Goff, and Darren Goff was like seemed to be a natural at it. Oh yeah, he was rolling around like I, he was rolling around like doing all the lucha rolls and hitting all the big spots. And you see that like the, the build of him, and you think he's not someone who'd be a good wrestler. But then you think about it, and you think about all those lucha dads. He's actually the perfect size for it, the is. perfect shape for it. Yeah, I really, I thought they really took to that. I think it's a lucha's kind of maybe because of like said natural libre and the whole mask stuff. I think lucha's kind of seen as something different than than wrestling i think to the normal world you know what i mean it's kind of seen as its own kind of wacky mexican thing so yeah anytime you do get one of those celeb insert celeb x travels the world type of shows you know whether it be carl pilton mm. or it be those lads there they end up there doing some lucha but you know what freddie flintoff wasn't too bad himself in that show if i remember rightly and he uh you know he wasn't too bad at bumping around because a because a fun little promo uh in ring uh yeah he's, some, he's someone who it's obvious isn't it you watch him on any, any show he's on he's got bags of personality he'd probably do it with a wink and a nudge is the only thing but i think he'd be i, I think he could he could carry over like he did in in, in boxing i feel like he could uh you know, may, I like JP said, maybe not next to UK, but he could sell some tickets and he could, mm-hmm. you know, be got a bit of focus. He is a relatively big celebrity still, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I could see him. Uh, you know, these real athletes, like I say, we, we laugh at Darren Goff, but these real athletes, you get them in a ring. It's, uh, you know, it happens all the time. They they usually they usually flourish. And uh, yeah, I reckon with a with a bit of training, he could uh, he could do something. Um, last sort of like NXT you notes know, and onto NXT proper because. Um... There was a ton of rave reviews, weren't there, for uh, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly, but um, it seems Pete Dunne's been lined up as Balor's next challenger. Um, ben, do you think there's a ceiling for Dunne in NXT, or, or do you think um, he could beat Balor along the line for uh, for the title and become the sort of top man in NXT? Torum um, post today that apparently it's uh, it's five year, four years, isn't it, since the uh, the, the WWE UK tournaments? Wow, Is it four or five? Was it twenty? 2017 when it was like January 2017 and he posted like a comparison picture of him back then uh, arguing with Triple H and now he's on NXT proper and uh, and doing stuff with Finn Balor. Uh, I mean, Pete Dunne was always too big for NXT UK uh, when they when they started there and then when they you know they've done these relaunches over the years it was always surprising how long he really stuck around because um, I think he was always meant for for bigger things. Uh, so yeah, I think it, you know it's I think there's I think there's a ceiling. He's never making it to the main roster, but he, he wouldn't be alone. You know, I, I think you know at least never. I say never, but in this current you know Vince McMahon still in charge world, um, if he makes it, you know, look at what happened to Ricochet. Um, you know, I think I think Ricochet had a higher ceiling than Pete Dunne. And who is Ricochet at this point? Um, I think he's the type of wrestler just based on size that isn't gonna isn't going to do well um but you know he wouldn't be alone johnny gargano tomasa champa you know wrestlers who who went up to the main roster that didn't work and they came back to nxt and became full-time nxt guys finn Balor, you know like we say there same thing um so yeah, i think he's going to be a a major guy um on nxt you know he's been put in a you know a headline act as far as the the, the whole stable goes with a with, with gronk so i feel i feel like there's there's a there's money in it uh, i think he's someone who can you know he can absolutely do 
this run in NXT be an NXT guy and I don't think there's any shame in it if anything I think you know while I'm not as hot on NXT as I was this time last year or even you know probably more to the point three or four years ago uh, there's a lot of you know people who do love that product and there is you know uh, there's an audience to it um, and I think that's probably his level really but you know there's no shame in that. Yeah, JP, can you ever see uh, Vince McMahon like watching NXT and like pulling Pete Dunn up to the main roster? You know, and they like hot shot things, and they're like, right, we're going to pull up a, a couple of NXT guys and put them straight on Raw. Do you think that's ever going to happen? Only if the ratings got so bad they started to do mad reboot stuff. That would be the only way under Vince McMahon. It would be a different under kind of new management, so to speak. Whether or not that they would push him up there, I mean, I think him being on NXT is always feels like the kind of level where he would be getting the most chance of getting a push. I think NXT still part of the part of what they're going for is that as part of their brand is good matches. And Pete Dunne's capable of that. And that's why they've gone like on this Balor O'Reilly feud. And I think that's possibly one of the only kind of avenues they can really go down is just going, right, we're just going to have to put on some really good matches. The probably problem is, is the way they tell stories sucks. So it does feel like there's always going to be that limit to him, but he's got, he's done all of the things that he wanted him to do. He's got himself into really good shape. You know, he, he clearly kind of is, is someone who will always be sort of one of of triple H's favorites. So you, you feel like within that world of NXT, he'll always, he's like a solid person to go to whether or not they decide to go with him. I think ultimately they're going to look at the promo ability. And they're going to go, yeah, we're not sure. And whether or not they want someone who's more sort of matinee idol looks wise. That's the thing. That's probably why they put him with. Probably put him with Pat McAfee. And I said Gronk before. I apologize to Pat McAfee, who is 10 times the the wrestling personality of Gronk. That's probably why he's with him, though, isn't it? So that's maybe, you know, uh, a good role for him. Because, yeah, similar to Tyler, I don't think Pete's ever really came on as a promo. Well, it's weird because um, we were talking about Tyler Bay earlier. Can you remember when him and Trent were the big hot things in NXT? You know, they were ripping it off, had US fans loving him, and now look where they are sort of like, now it's weird, isn't it? Because, you know, it, it was always going to be them three who were going to make it big in NXT. Uh, and it just seems like they've been completely left behind by Pete Dunne, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And they, they, yeah. they were like the, almost like the founding fathers of, uh, of WWE UK, if that's a, if that's a label you want. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that is, it's weird, isn't it? That like, you know, you look at this week's TV, Grizzle Young Vets are on there, not, and, and they're prominently featured, you know, in the, uh, in the Dusty Roads classic. And yeah, Tyler's off looking homeless on NXT UK and Lord knows where, to, where, uh, where Trend 7 is. Um, yeah, that's, that's stock certainly for them. Yeah, do you think, um, I mean, we talked a bit about it before, but do you think um, it's strictly tag teams for Zach Gibson then on NXT? I think so. Hmm. I think this might be the way to go. I mean, as much as I love him as a promo, I don't know if with it, I don't know whether or not they'd have enough faith to go with him. Hmm. And Benno, please don't take offence to it. They might just look at his accent and just think, no, we're not going to take him out of the team. As a result, I'm sorry, mate. Um, no, you're right. He, I was shocked. I, I put NXT on this morning, and I was shocked that he was out there cutting his normal Scouse promo. I thought he'd be putting on at least, you know, the, the telephone to mum on Christmas Day voice, you know, put, put the posh call center voice on. No, he went there. He went full Scouse. I don't he know did. if he went, um, if you're talking about strong northern accents. I mean, um, Neville used to cut quite a few promos, didn't he? True. True. Yeah, it is. 
He had it, but he worked on this kind of tone of delivery as well, didn't he? To get it to that point, it was really good and very clear. And and, it, and it's not like he went full biker grove in any of those in any of those promos, um, which would have yeah, been. I think that's the thing. Zach, Zach Gibson's gimmick is isn't Brookside, is it? You know, Zach Gibson is he's. Well, sorry, Zach Gibson's gimmick is more Brookside. He's more his gimmick is wrapped up in being from Liverpool, whereas Pack was just a guy with a funny accent. I suppose is, is maybe the difference there. It's not really the show for it, but there are many Brookside Zach Zach Gibson possible crossovers you could go down for possible <laughs> storylines. A show um, that's not been on telly for ten years. Yeah, <laughs> still, still in, still in my mind, and well worth a reboot. To any <laughs> non UK find, listeners, uh, we've lost you at this point. Sorry, you'll find James Drake under the patio, and it'll, uh, it'll all hit the fan. That's how he'll do the split. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I think there's only one storyline Vince would be interested in, but we'll move on. From yeah, that. Um, but... <laughs> and it doesn't involve Jimmy Corkill, does yeah. it? <laughs> But uh, moving away from WWE and onto uh, something a little bit different for this month, because obviously after um, a few teasers on social media, the short film, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, you are cordially invited, dropped on uh, New Year's Eve. Um, I'd probably say the best way of describing this would be Brit Resco Cinematic, um, but it's something put together by Charles Crowley and features the likes of uh, Sasha Moss Martina, Kanji, Dan Maloney, Bobby Tyler, Cara Noir, um, all facing off in a bar and having a massive brawl which spilled out in and around the venue and ended up with them all killing each other in various different bloody graphic ways. Um, I, I've got to say, I had no idea where this is going or other than it's just this one shot, but I've got to say, I had tons of fun watching this on New Year's Eve, Benno. Yeah, it was. It was like, for the time and considering, you know, a lot of these wrestlers can't work shows right now and couldn't work shows for a long time, time before, it was like a nice bit of positivity to, to put by into the wrestling world, I would say. Um, it, it's not always my thing, the old uh, cinematic wrestling. It has to be, I think, uh, specifically the flavor of Lucha Underground to, uh, to get me into it, uh, that type of stuff. But I tell you what, it was really good. Like, I, I didn't know where it was going from, from start to finish, um, you know, r- right from the moment, uh, you know, they, they could they go into the, the little tent and disappear into the ground. And it, it was all very, very, very well done. You know, every time there was a, a little cameo, um, it did, you know, it gave me a, a few chuckle moments, you know, the likes of uh, Mad Care turning up and then, you know, Dan Maloney turning up and battering him and, you know, all those all those little moments, I think, were, were good Easter eggs for, you know, for, for Brit Rez fans. And, yeah, it did feel like a, a little bit of a little bit of positivity uh, to to end the year. You know, overall, I think it maybe it went a little bit long uh, is the only thing going against mm. it. But considering considering what they did, you know, with whatever budget they had, I didn't, you know, it wasn't didn't feel like they had mega money to put behind this thing. It just felt like you know a few passionate people with uh, with some cameras and uh, and some talent at their disposal um, that made it work. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. To be honest, it isn't the type of thing that is that is lined up to to be my type of thing. Um, but yeah, you can you can see the work they put into it as a labour of love. And yeah, I thought for for the most part, it it came off. So, JP, obviously, it's no secret you're a film and TV mm. teacher. Uh, what do you do if uh, one of your students presented you with something like this? I'd probably be having a go at them for making it 25 minutes long, knowing me, because <laughs> um, that's permanently it. It's like you ask them to make a trailer and they come back with a short film. and It's like, no, I asked you to make a trailer. <laughs> Everyone wants um, to be Tarantino, then. Yeah, they do. And then they always like, let's do a fight scene. And it's like, you can't choreograph it. But actually for this, and I was fully prepared to dislike it when I saw it. 
And in fact, I came away thinking this was fine, actually. It was perfectly fine. And it's all of the things that you guys said. It was clearly a labour of love. Um, They're making the best with with kind of what they have and the ultra-low budget they're on. Where it goes from here is kind of what I was left with. It was because my fear when it first started was that this was going to be like Talking Shopper Mania 2 where they had a match where everyone tried to kill each other. And that was awful because it lasted like half an hour and it was, it was terrible. And I had kind of, I thought, Oh no, what have I let myself in for? But I found myself having a few laughs. I had a laugh at the cameo right at the very end, the literal cameo, um, <laughs> which felt like a reference to Benno, frankly, and the monster he's created with one simple phrase um, of, of Brit rest is dead. But at the same time, like, this is, it's a lot of young wrestlers getting themselves out there in terms of personality. I don't know really what this leads to, um, unless it's a way of people deciding of how they're going to kind of redefine part of like their online presence. And they're going to kind of look to make kind of short character packages, maybe, or sort of five minute long pieces. I don't really know. But in terms of the fundamentals of putting together a a film, I, I would say, like as with all of these things, is perhaps a bit overlong. In in all seriousness, you you could shed away ten minutes ultimately, and I don't think you you would lose too much. But I I went in there fully prepared to hate it. But I, I'll be but I'm going to be fascinated to see what they come back with next time. I think you say they. I think for me, it's it's him. I think Charles oh, Charles Crowley. Yeah. He, he comes away as the star of this for me. He comes away as the person I'm interested in going forward. Like, and I read that and he was... And you knew nothing about him as well. Yeah, really. same yeah. Yeah. I, I name I've seen around, but not heard much of him. And certainly in terms of, like, what this video does, it, you know, his name's, like, really out there now, isn't it? Mm. Oh, that's it, yeah. You know, and, you know, the fact that he, he went out there and he, he managed to, you know, whip up the grand or so, you know, they got to, to, to put this on. Like, he... You know, he, he did a great job. He, he got some people some work. He got some people some exposure. And, you know, his, his whole uh, circus act gimmick is one that's been done before in Brit Res. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's interesting, I think. And it, it showed a level of creativity where, like, yeah, coming out of this, I think, I'm with you, JP. I don't necessarily want to see a UR code invited to. Um, I, I wouldn't mind, you know. Um, maybe if the the pair, can we not spoil the end for when uh, you can bleep it if you don't like it, Matt. When Great Carly turns up at the end, we can. Uh, yeah. Sorry, we can. You know, maybe we can have Great Carly in uh, in uh, in UR code invited to. Maybe that would uh, would get me interested in a, in a second uh, version of this. Uh, maybe me and them can fight over whether Brit Res is dead or not. There you go. <laughs> but, but get myself a button. Always a worker. There you go. Yeah, they're, they're on my display right behind me, so I only need to uh, to pull them down. Don't really fit me anymore, though. Um, but uh, you know, that, that aside, you know, I would say again, I'm interested in Charles Crowley going forward. Uh, I think he's someone who yeah, has shown a, a real degree of creativity here, and is someone that yeah, you know, could. You know, as someone who, like you guys, I hadn't heard of before, um, and now I know his name, and I think that's another part of you know putting this together. You know, selfishly, people know his name, um, and he is a is a commodity. Um, the one negative thing I would say, though, really is, you know, was it? A, did you guys think it was a a, a good sign for Brit Res's future that this is? I mean, this is the cream of the crop, lads. Like, you know, I like, I like all the people in this video. Uh, there's a lot of fun gimmicks in there. There's a lot of nice people in there. A lot of solid wrestlers in there 
if that if, if this is what Brit Res is going to be built on going forwards, I did come out a little bit negative from that point of view. Um, what, what have we got left? Memes and, and fun gimmicks. Um, you know, maybe that's why you end up making a video like this because really, you know, is anyone putting on a serious wrestling show that's going to rival what we saw in 2017 out of a roster like this? I don't think so. Yeah, I think this is a sort of roster. Obviously, like you say, you know, we're good people and stuff, but this is sort of roster, you know, you'd like to see a title in Leeds, you know, with about 200 people, but this isn't a roster that's going to, you know, make the world sort of like sit up and take notice. But I suppose that's, you know, a chat for sort of like towards the end of the show, isn't it? Because, um, We've got sort mm. of the small matter of Wrestle Kingdom and Okada v. Osprey. Uh, fantastic match, I thought. Uh, sort of really hard hitting, um, some insane bumps taken by both. What I liked about it, though, that you can tell this is sort of like the start of the book with these two and they'll continue this down the line. And, you know, it, uh, for me, it was kind of like a wet your appetite match and it really, you know, had me thirsty for some, you know, more of this down the road, JP. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I thought this was brilliant. Um, it would have probably been elevated to another level if the cloud had been able to kind of react in the way that you would hope they they would have. Um, although you could see the reaction when a card actually finally hit the rainmaker as well. But I thought this was great, and you're right. This is a kind of career, I say career rivalry. It feels like a rivalry that, given time, is something that on an athletic level could resemble. It would be the closest thing you could resemble to the Osprey series. Sorry, the um, Omega series. And that, for me, is is like kind of really high praise because I absolutely love those matches, as you know, because we did the, the roundtable together. Um, but I And I thought Osprey was good in the sense that, like, I, I, I thought he came out a lot more menacing overall out of the weekend. I don't think he lost much by losing it. I think, you know, it, it it's something where... He's very flexible, and you can put him into a match with with um, Akada. They've got a natural chemistry that's there, and he can work thirty minutes and kind of rush through it. And he's got that cardio to be able to kind of keep that forward momentum going. So yeah, I I loved this. It was I think it might well have been my second favorite match over the entire weekend. I think it helps as well, Benno. You can tell, like you know, going back to that uh, first match they had. Uh... Was it in London or Reading back for those Global War shows many years ago? That they're obviously friends, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. And you know, me and you were there for that one, and that is one of my. I feel like that's a part of where the Brit Rares boom got started proper when Okada recognised the talent that was in Osprey, um, and you know, even me personally recognised the talent that was in Osprey. Seeing him in that uh, that that great Okada match, even then at that formative uh, stage of his career um, and obviously the other matches around that period with it with like some AJ and Seidel and the like um, but yeah I think that's the thing I think Okada sees something in Osprey I think he's probably been his biggest booster um, throughout his you know, from getting him over to Japan to throughout his New Japan run you know no mistake uh, Osprey getting teamed with Okada for so long and now being you know a big feud for him uh, I think I'm with JP I think it's a it's a feud that I think it's got legs. I don't think this was, you know, I, I, I said that at the time I gave this four and a half stars and I was disappointed. <laughs> that kind of tells you everything really about what the ceiling is. Yeah. For us, Osprey Okada. Um, you know, I think they've got a five star match in them. Absolutely. Um, and I think to be honest, a couple of the matches they had in the past were maybe a touch 
better than this one is the the other thing there. Um, but then again, you know, those matches weren't in, you know, COVID period wrestling. So there is a difference there. But I, I for me, I think this was a sign that, especially Osprey losing and the rest of the faction losing, uh, Osprey's going to come back. They've clearly, they're putting everything uh, into him. He is their next headliner. I know there are going to be people listening to this who don't like that, but that is the, that is the fact. That is what New Japan are doing. Um, and I think, this Okada feud is going to be key to that. This won't be, this isn't, I think maybe my disappointment lied in, I thought this was the big Osprey Okada match, and I realized once that match started, it isn't. This is the first match of many. We're going to go back to this. There's going to be another big Wrestle Kingdom match, and it's going to be better than this, and it's going to be in front of thousands of people. So, you know, it'll be better for it too. I think that's the level Osprey is uh, in New Japan going forward. Uh, he's still working out the kinks in this heel character and this faction, but I think, yeah, long term, he is one of New Japan's top guys. He's going to be in that top three or four tippy top guys uh, in this company. And yeah, I think the uh, this Okada feud is really going to be the key to that over the, uh, the next couple of years. Yeah, I think uh, Yeah, I think going into this, I was a bit different. So I think it was, I, I didn't think this was going to be the match because they're using Okada to get over, you know, Osprey's new faction and, you know, have him, you know, seem more legitimate rather than just being the junior guy. In, in the fans' eyes, so I think it is going to take, you know, maybe a year or a couple more years and, and having more matches with these guys until they have that, you know, big, maybe even a main event at a Wrestle Kingdom, you know, who knows, but I think, you know, it's it's just to make him a bit more legitimate and then have a bigger match down the line, but yeah, still really enjoyable, but they also made the, the small announcement on the show that uh, New Japan's going to be headed to UK TV soon, um, I just wanted your thoughts on where it's going to land, I mean... I think mm. after the India announcement, and you know they had the show on there years ago, didn't they? I think the Easy Money might be on Eurosport here, JP. And I would love it because I've got a great deal of love in my heart for Eurosport. <laughs> um, I, I do. You know, you want to watch cycling, you want to watch skiing, or you want to watch sort of goals from from um, Azerbaijan. That's the place to go to. Um, I thought if it wasn't there, if it wasn't Eurosport, then whether or not Viceland and whether or not it would fit in with that, because given that they've gone the wrestling content, they've been sort of long linked with it as well. Um, because outside of it, if it's free sports, it won't mean anything no. really. Um, it has to be on something that at least has some kind of cultural cachet to it. And Eurosport, this may be lost on, on, on people, but if you're going through the um, electronic program guide, it's the link between sort of, you know, it's near BT sports, it's near sky sports and your kind of premium sports channels, but except you don't, you don't have to pay for it if you've got the kind of basic package. So it is, it does get a good, a good bit of coverage. Last time I did new Japan though, they kind of dubbed over the commentators, didn't they? And added in people who were generally awful. Now, obviously they wouldn't be doing that again. They'd be taking stuff directly from new Japan, probably with a bit more of a voiceover from Kevin Kelly, which is kind of generally fine. I think Viceland is the more interesting one to go for because that's got a much more sort of younger demographic. It's probably got a demographic that's much more appealing to kind of advertisers. It's got, it, it, it would easily appeal in that kind of non mainstream culture type way. So you can pick basically hipsters up. I think that kind of stuff works and they've had good experiences with wrestling with the wrestlers show and, um, and dark side of the ring. So I think, if I was, if if, if it, I kind of hope it's Viceland, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Eurosport. I think some of the other suggestions I've heard would be in sport, but they haven't got a presence here. So I, that sort of rules them out straight away. 
Um, put it this way, it's not turning up on BBC One. No. Um, replacing Mrs. Brown's boys. If, if they decide put on the put on Dominion after <laughs> after news at ten. <laughs> That'd be amazing. But I do agree there, Benno, with JP, that uh, yeah, Eurosport's got that history behind it as well, hasn't it? It's been around for a while, because you do see some sports channels, you know, popping up and disappearing. And like I said, it's got a, a perfect place in among the sports channels on, on your Skybox. Yeah, it's tough, because I, I think the, the idea is I'm expecting it to be, because they're talking about having a partner over in the US as well, it's going to be someone who's got presence over here too. Um that doesn't leave a lot of people, really. You know, uh, uh, being sports, maybe. I don't know what you know what level of investment they've got over here. I think I could see that being the uh, the American channel. Um, I don't know about Europe. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like JP said. It's not going to be anything major. I think we're, to be honest, we're past the point where mm. I don't think it's a difference maker anyway. Is it? Is it that much of a difference maker? No. Like. Unless you, unless you are getting on after match of the day, and you know Gary Lineker is having to awkwardly uh, int- plug you like he uh, like he asked you sometimes uh, with some other stuff that uh, he clearly hates doing. Um, you can imagine it was a hard fought draw tonight at, uh, at the Emirates. A bit like Kakada versus Omega at Dominion, um, which is now <laughs> which is on after the NFL show. I could see him doing that link. Oh, maybe, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something there. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything of a level that's going to be a difference maker for New Japan in the UK it'll be a it'll be a nice thing to have but I think the people who want to watch New Japan can watch New Japan you know it's Mm. it's coming as well at a point where I think New Japan as much as I still enjoy watching it you know its peak was a couple of years ago at this point if this was a couple of years ago maybe it'd be a bigger story but for now I don't know I don't really see it being a difference maker for either New Japan or the channel it'd be wide up on to be honest do you think it's going to be like similar to the access show like um clips of just a, a sort of clip show yeah, they'll probably just take that New Japan World show they do in uh, in Japan. Is that what it's called? It's called something like that. And they basically that's all they did for access with, uh, at first was just literally put English commentary over it. You know, the, the highlight one hour that they were already positioned for uh, for Japanese TV. It'll be that. Um, it's just yeah, the trivia of where it winds up. I think. And on top of that, um, I think it seemed like it was a ROH contract renewal month as they made a, a bunch of announcements. Um, Obviously, you know, relating to this show that they'd re-signed Mark Haskins and um, that they'd let Mike Skill go. Um, I mean, obviously, the big news is Skill there first. Obviously, they had mentioned over the summer that they were going to do a, you know, an investigation over the accusations against Skill during speaking out. Um, didn't hear anything about that, and then just this out of the out of the blue that they've that they've let him go. I mean, thoughts on this? Uh, did. They maybe think that, you know, hoping people would forget and just bring him quietly back and they've sort of seen that it's not going away uh, or were they just waiting for his contract to run out here, JP? It's difficult to know because you're talking about Sinclair, so you're talking about a company with a proper HR department which would then have a process of investigation and appeal if he's a, if he's if his contract allows him to have that kind of representation. So that's the thing that's more difficult to tell is whether or not this is a process that they went through or was it something to just sort of let his contract expire? However, it's Sinclair, and like they don't have a good name for various good reasons, given the kind of propaganda that they that they tend to produce. So I'm very sceptical of them at the best of times. Either way, it felt kind of inevitable when they weren't using him over the empty show period. Um, and I think this leaves him with a sort of a real... Um, situation because without 
any kind of employer in the US is not going to be able to work over there. And there isn't a scene over here. And it's not like there is a fan base that is waiting for him as well. Um, so in some ways, I wondered after this, is this like, like kind of where does he go? Because if he's not allowed to work in the US, I wonder if that's him done in wrestling, which I know is a very kind of, you know, you never say never in wrestling, but given the, the, the stories about him, given um, everything else and effectively how toxic um, he is, like in terms of what his name would be, it's difficult to see where he fits within wrestling if you can't hide in the world of sort of US indies. Yeah, because I think Benno certainly with scale it sort of like centred around, you know, one of the most, it was her- horrific sort of like oh. in the account of that, wasn't it? But there are, there have been some rumours and obviously pure speculation that, you know, sort of like WWE Impact may, might be interested in picking him up. Yeah, uh, it's, it's hard. I mean, oh, it is a case where, I mean, obviously we all read the stories at the time and like you say, they were horrifying. Um the allegations that he hasn't denied, maybe he's given different context to than than the original story, but overall he's accepted it. And, you know, the stories, like we said at the time, read like that whole company that he was working for and that whole area of the wrestling world, it felt like a like a grooming gang, to be honest. Um and it is it should be no surprise that he's lost his job. I think it's right that he lost his job. I think I I'm a little bit more charitable with Ring of Honor. I think Obviously, the Ram, obviously Sinclair, you know, broadcasting have got all kinds of dubious practices. I do give some credit to the people who actually run Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, even even looking at their COVID response this year um, and the way they presented their shows this year, I don't think anyone's been any safer than them. And I think, generally speaking, this current iteration of the ROH office do seem to be quite, you know, the, the wrestlers do speak positive of, and in general, do seem to be trying to do a lot of the right things this year. I would expect that they wanted to get rid of him right away. To be honest, if I was them, I would. Um, and when they talk about this being like a mutual decision, I think that's just legal talk. I think that's just yeah. a case we want him out the door and this is how we get him out. Maybe I'm being too charitable. I don't know. But I would say, yeah, I think your mileage is going to vary towards, you know, what he did, which was you know, terrible. Um, is him getting fired enough punishment? You know, I'm glad he got fired. It's like when you look at the past of, you know, domestic abusers losing their jobs with, wrestling companies but also you see it in, in real sports as well you know losing their contract or whatever and they do eventually get picked up by somebody else and the moral question you've got is is that punishment of losing their job and that, that you know that rightful harm to their reputation is that enough to mean okay at some point they can be you know allowed back to go work somewhere else i think a lot of people are going to be screaming no at that but i think the unfortunate fact is there are going to be companies who are going to see it like that you know you know, there are there are there are professional footballers who get picked up, you know, like a Chad Evans of the world who've done terrible things, um, and still gets still gets there's still going to be a football team out there that wants to sign them. In wrestling, there's always going to be an impact wrestling, isn't there? There's always going to be a, a, an indie promotion in the US mm. who's going to sign them. I dare say it. There's always going to be a WWE. Um, I think maybe the difference with Marty is like with Travis Banks and like with Liguero, he's admitted to the allegations and maybe they won't touch him like they're not touching those two. But he's going to turn up somewhere. I think that's that's really the truth of the matter. Um, It might be a few months from now. You know, wrestling companies can can wait out uh, the, the whole COVID period and then maybe bring him later in the year. But he will wind up somewhere. Don't think it's going to be anywhere profile based on that. I don't think it's going to be an AEW, but I think an Impact or somebody like that. Yeah, 
he's got he's going to wind up with a contract in MLW. He, he will he will wind up somewhere, and I think we probably you know all need to brace ourselves for it. Yeah, and it also, I mean, it comes down to as well, doesn't it? It's like, you know, are, are you actually truly sorry or are you just sorry because, you know, this story came out, you know, if you're actually mm-hmm. sorry, maybe you should have done something about it, you know, a few years back or, or things like that, JP, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, I, and, and I think that's that's one of the, I mean, I've got zero sympathy for him, as I do for lots of people involved um around this i mean it, it, it's it's very depressing because when benno says that you know like an impact can come into the mix and and to do that it, it does always remind you that there is going to be one com- company out there who's just going to overlook a lot of this stuff and a lot of companies do that for whatever perceived value um that they think that these wrestlers have it's just hard to see what what there is no benefits i don't think to signing marty skull like for a variety of reasons, because his act and his routine was something that he was kind of toning down in terms of, of actual wrestling. But um, it's just that whenever I hear his name, I can't help but feel those stories. And it's those stories are the things that end up really, really sticking with you with this. So yeah, him being gone, like I, I think like Benner, he might end up turning up um, like somewhere else. I mean, if he turned up in WWE, like Ben, I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised. They've they've got history and plenty of previous for doing stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, I think you're completely right there. But um, so, like, last bit of news before uh, we move on to our final segment. Um, WXW have announced that uh, 16 Carat won't be happening this year. Uh, I think, uh, in my opinion, smart move by the company because you know the vaccine might be rolling out, but I think you know we're still in the thick of the pandemic and the lights very the light at the end of the tunnel is very very uh, you know a long long way away. So I think Benno pretty smart move by WXW here. As much as you know, I'm sure there's a lot of fans who'd, who'd like to be heading back over to Germany. Unreal, mate. Because you think about it, like when when the pandemic really really kicked off, when we all started taking it seriously, and all these dumb ideas of herd immunity got put in the bin where they belonged. Um, that was March, March 2020. That was, you know, I went to Carrot, as we've talked about. And that's, you know, it's going to be a full year. Um, and still, um, you know, we're not going to be able to do the 2021 version. WXW, to their absolute credit, they are a company who get ahead of this stuff. Like, they are, you are getting this information now. They are not doing the Brit Res thing where a lot of companies, you know, like some in my backyard, will 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 be like, oh, yeah, we'll run it in January. And then two weeks before, be like, ah, wait, there's another lockdown. They are looking forward. And they have, you know, you see, you know, statements from Tash Young and, and other officials from, from WXW on Twitter, you know, and they're honest about it. They're saying, you know, we could push it back to the tail end of the year. But if we push it back to the tail end of the year, are big events like concert-like events like this going to even be able to happen then? If they can happen, can we even deliver what we normally deliver for Carrot, which is a big flying component as far as wrestlers go and fans and a big festival that takes them, you know, they said, takes six months to put together these things. You know, it's a huge, huge undertaking. Um, and they're realistic about it. Uh, and they've said no. And their hope is that March 2022, which sounds, God, a long time away, is their hope that they'll be able to do something then. Um but even then, you know, can they? Uh, they're not sure, and I'm not sure. 
let's just hope, yeah, you know, we're at the world's in a better position where that can happen. I think tentatively we've said, you know, if if possible, we want to run some, you know, quote unquote regular shows towards the tail end of the year. Maybe some open air shows so we can uh, mm. explore in some of our usual cities. But you know, big festivals. We're not getting that until 2022 at the uh, the earliest. And as sad as that is for me as a as a fan and somebody who goes over there to to cover these things, 100% the right decision. And I wish some of our Brit Res companies were run by, for lack of a better term, proper grown ups like uh, like WXW is. Yeah, I think you uh, summed that up perfectly. But um, I mean, just for we get out of me and we're still going with the Red Pro Epic Encounters shows. Um, did either of you guys get a chance to watch number seven? I've got to confess, um, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch it myself. I did on a long walk last night, which <laughs> listeners to grapple Hang on, what spotlight. podcast is this? Where exactly. I? I mean, what day is it? Well, I'm, I'm stuck in the Benoverse, mate, so I'm, I'm stuck <laughs> between all of these. Um, yeah, I, I managed to watch it. Um, to which my key thought, and it wouldn't really be surprising, is it's very much a two and a half star to kind of three star type of show. Um, it was one that was just sort of progressing through the tournament. Neither of you watched this. Is that no, right? No, we didn't get a chance to, I'm afraid. Oh, OK. Catch up next um, time. We'll catch up next time. We're professionals, Martin. We'll, will you? Know, we'll, will both of you do that? Um, <laughs> it, it's just interesting because Rev Pro is the story promotion, but it's also the only British promotion. So... One of the the more interesting things is the way they set things up. Now, I I will say you meant we were talking earlier on about sort of um, Rampage Brown and Char Samuels in storyline mode here. Um, Gideon Gray has made money by selling his contracts for them and is paid a retainer for Great O'Khan. Um, so he's hired in Sky Smithson, uh, the prize fighter. Chris Ridgeway's back. Uh, he he came he came back in and. Um, Oh, what is his name? Um, Screwface Ahmed. So they've set up the Legion again. Um, and then they were just sort of ploughing through the tournament as much as anything else. And there's a couple of sort of interesting notes that Charlie Sterling, it's Charlie Sterling and Dan Maloney in the, in the sort of final of the A bracket, um, which is still very weird. I don't know why they're doing that, but there we go. So they've got that going on, but and it feels like it's kind of leading inevitably to Dan Maloney and um, and Ricky Knight Jr. for who gets the Southside title, with then possibly then going to Ricky Knight Jr. versus Osprey if they wanted to go down down that route. What I would say about Dan Maloney is he's really ripped in this one, and he isn't in the previous set, and it's quite jarring. I don't know if that's just me um, in that, but he's really really ripped. Um, it's it, in terms of where they are it's just them kind of laying a bedrock for their roster and who they're going to be using except they've already lost Aaliyah James who was supposed to be having in a match but she gets attacked and basically taken out and then they're sort of building up Kanji coming in so it's interesting it's a very young roster that they've got together but from a match quality thing and this is where we come back to because that's the stuff that kind of gets that initial buzz rather than just sort of simply sort of gimmicks or even just even just storylines it's are these matches good they're very they're fine they're okay and it's good that there is some kind of like that they're getting to work in some way it's just that at the same time it's of like at the stage of these shows like they're very very samey 
And if you missed it, you'd be thinking, well, what did I really miss? Was there a great match that you missed? And the answer is here, no. There's lots of progression of storyline, stuff that I'm interested in, but I'm very much in the minority, I feel, with this, as opposed to other people. Because if we're talking about sort of Brit Rest rebuilding, it's this crop who are also here, along with those who are, um, you are cordially invited. It's about kind of trying to gain some kind of momentum for them. It's just that this is the only place where they're actually kind of getting to to wrestle proper matches. So yeah, for both of you, what did you miss? It's it's two hours that you didn't miss watching really a a, a three star show. Yeah, I think it, it, it's good to hear your opinions on it because obviously me and Ben have reviewed uh, the the past six of these, so mm-hmm. it's good to have sort of like a different opinion, uh, you know, to hear someone else's opinions on this. And I certainly will go back and watch it because they are decent shows, and like you say, it is good to have something that's uh, going to be out there. Do you feel like, uh, Benno, this is coming up to the last run of tapings and sort of like Red Pro will be running out of shows now? Yeah, I think that's going to be the thing, isn't it? I thought he was going to run out of shows before Christmas. And yeah, um, it does seem like, I suppose, it, uh, they managed it before though, didn't they? You know, uh, at the end of the, was it the last lockdown where it seemed like they, they managed to get some tapings done? Um, I wouldn't rule them out. Um, I think I think where there's a will, there's a way. And to be fair, you know, football's still going on and other sports are still going on in the UK. Um, whether you agree with that or not, personally, I think I've come to the point in the lockdown where I'm thankful for, you know, the entertainment to watch as long as the, uh, as long as, you know, all the proper precautions are taken and everyone involved is, is kept as safe as possible. Um yeah, and I, I think that I think that yeah, I think we're running out of tape at this point. I think this this Southside tournament is like seems to be its own collected set of shows. Um, once they get to the end of that, I think we're going to end up yeah with, with with a question of whether they continue this on. Is it worth their while to continue on? Is you know are the Twitch numbers good enough? Or is the is the benefit to Rev Pro being able to put this on their on demand service you know enough to to justify you know making new products? If I suppose if the answer to that is yes, which I am. You know, GPS on, uh, then I, I wouldn't shock me to get more shows. I think they'll, they'll like they have in the past. They'll they'll find a way, and we'll get some get some new tapings. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's it. it I, I don't you know the reason me I haven't watched this isn't so much the fact that I think these shows are bad. I think they're good. I think they're they're enjoyable episodic TV. There just there's not much exactly much must watch about them either, especially mm. this you know this tournament with the with the younger wrestlers. Um, you know it is something I'll catch up on. It is all we've really got as far as Brit Res goes at the moment. So, you know, it is something I'm sure me and you, Martin, will do a big catch-up on when it comes to a, to a future show. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, without Osprey, is it worth it for them to, you know, to, to continue to do these these tapings and, and do these shows? Uh, yeah, I, I would maybe question the logistics of that as much as, you know, I'll happily throw one of these things on uh, if, if they do turn up on Twitch again in the early part of this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I completely agree there. So definitely, and and like you say, the storylines, you know, they do progress from show to show, and they are trying to slowly build up people. So we just see what they do, you know, when we all can go out again. You know, are they going to bring over Ibushi for the first time for Red Pro? I know he's appeared in the UK before and things like that to try and pop a crowd and then have all these guys on the undercard. So it'll be interesting to see what Red Pro do once, uh, you know, shows are allowed to go ahead. But, um... You know, long-time listeners will have noticed that, you know, we didn't do an end-of-the-year show for 2020. You know, obviously, I think it's, it's easy to see why it was a horrible year for, for a lot of people. And, you know, 
especially in European wrestling and speaking out, you know, a lot of stories that needed to be told. And, you know, so glad that people were brave enough to speak out about, you know, the cesspit that was the British wrestling scene. But um just going to have a quick review of the year, uh, have a couple of games that Benel's put together and just have a chat about what we might see from the industry this year. I mean, we've talked a bit about what RedPro might maybe do in 2021. We've not talked about, you know, the sort of like the other big London-based promotion. Um, it'll be interesting to see Progress released the video, didn't they, over the Christmas period, just like, you know, just a bit of a video of Cara Noir and, you know, it seems to be like a coming soon sort of thing. But... Um, but Benno, do you think uh, Progress will be running shows any time before the summer? Um, I think so. Yeah, um, I think we will get shows. I think you know, similar to Road Pro, you know, once we're, you know, in six weeks, hopefully this full lockdown is going to be over. We're probably going to be back in a tier system, and I think lower level sports are going to be allowed to go ahead. I think that's when you might see a progress uh, stick their, their head out and, and maybe try and run shows. It's what those shows look like. Um, do they continue on the mm. hard, hard association with NXT UK? How do you post in a spoke speaking out world? I would question that. Um, you know, WWE have made no bones about continuing to employ people accused in speaking out, whereas on the other hand, Progressive are making all kinds of noise about being a, a safe promotion that will do the right thing by you know the the victims of speaking out. Both can't exist at the same time. Um, I don't think. So uh, that's going to be the biggest question for me, what version of progress we get. If we do get a version of progress, though, that hasn't got that NXT UK relationship built in, what does it look like? That's a terrifying prospect. I mean, the shows were already dire, you know, January to March this year, um, even with that relationship continuing on. What is really left there? Um, how much of that hardcore base are going to, you know, turn out, even if it's, say, an on-demand product, even if you can maybe have a couple hundred, you know, fans uh, in the electric ballroom, would you get more than a couple hundred fans anyway, uh, even if you're allowed to have uh, the full capacity? Oh, I, I think progress is going to be one of the, the really interesting stories of 2021 and 2022, is it? You know, progress, uh, I'll make no bones about it, like Fight Club Pro and like ICW was the epicenter of you know, a lot of the stories that came out mm. and speaking out, a lot of the people involved were, were people who work for Progress and events happened at Progress shows. They've got a lot of cleaning up to do. Good for them. They've got time to do it. But what does it look like? You know, you take away what Progress was, which was a really close-knit community with their fans. And it was, you know, it was all about that etiquette and it was all about barriers being you know we're all a family uh, being torn down you can't do any of that stuff it's just gonna have to be a wrestling promotion and what does that even look like in uh, in 2021 and is the talent there to do it i think it'll be interesting for the likes of us doing podcasts about it but as far as it being you know a compelling product um i've got serious questions I think also, JP, you've got to, mm. you know, just entertainment as a whole, you know, there are going to be people who are dying to go out, but then there's going to be a load of people who, you know, are all of a sudden like, you know, I don't want anywhere, anywhere near me, you know, get away from me, you know, despite, you know, you being told, oh, it's safe to go out again, there are going to be people who are going to be nervous to be in a, a packed room full of people, aren't they? Exactly, especially if it's going to be like an enclosed space. If it's going to be be indoors, it's going to be because how are you not, especially if you think about the layout of something like the ballroom, how are you not going to sort of bump into someone? You know, it, 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 it doesn't really feel possible. And is that an atmosphere that you want to go and see a show in? 
And that's one of the things that we don't really have in the UK is sort of large enough venues where you can space out chairs at a kind of reasonable rent where you'd have the facilities of bars and things like that. We just don't really have too many of those here. So it's, it's, I agree a lot with what, um, with what Benno said. It's, it's just about sort of like what form does this appear in? And is that going to be appealing enough for people to go out there um, to want to watch these shows? I mean, I have to say, if you ask me now, I mean, I can't think of, it's hard for me even to imagine progress running in the summer, like whether or not this is going to be sort of towards the tail end of 2021. And it's very difficult to predict what the the kind of mood, general mood of people about wanting to go out, because this is, that's going to be one of the long-term effects of lockdown is the way that people kind of, you know, there'll be a lot of people itching to kind of go out. It's whether or not, you know, it's different if you're wanting itching to go to a festival where you're going to be outside as opposed to wanting to be inside the electric ballroom. Um, yeah. And I, and I was thinking as well, like, sorry, just to, to, to sort of elaborate on a point that Benno said, something that I, you know, when he said about Brit Rest being that kind of, that big family. And we found out it was the West family, didn't we? Really, Brit Rest. Yeah. That, that, that's what we found out in 2020. It's the kind of family that's there. And therefore, whatever it comes back as, it, it's not going to have that. And if it doesn't have that, then what is it at that point? Because then you're talking about an entirely different promotion that's just called progress. Because if you are going to have these kind of barriers, it just feels like there's so much of a disconnect between kind of what it was and the things that you shouldn't be doing if you're wanting to bring it back. So like, I mean, something that we had all questioned between us at the time is whether or not it was worth bringing it back. Mm. Was there an inherent value to it at this point? Was it not at the point that maybe like the kind of the downturn, particularly in the kind of level of the match quality had been like, it'd been getting down to kind of worse levels that I'd ever seen within progress. Um, and I sort of regularly stopped watching them. No, you end up watching them because you're, you're doing podcasts on them really. It, it, but those shows felt like a chore and I don't see how other than one show coming back that has the initial excitement that people have about going to see a wrestling show and they're going to love everything that's there. You know, you give that one or two months, you give that two or three months. It's like, where is it at that point? I think also as well, promoters are going to have to realize and soon quickly realize, you know, when they are allowed to put shows on back again and people are allowed in buildings, that everything's going to be under a microscope, isn't it, Benno? It can't be, yeah. just, oh, it's back to business as normal, you know, who you use, what you're doing, how you're doing it, that's all going to be under a microscope constantly, um, and as it should be, I think. Yeah, definitely, and we've seen that with Row Pro, um, and we've seen that with, you know, with them using an Osprey, who, you know, the the stories about, but no, you know, there was, he's not, not one of the direct uh, abusers that we're talking about here, where there's even more serious cases out there. And look at the microscope RevPro was put under um, this year for, for using Osprey. You would expect that all the promotions um, there are going to get even harder criticism if, say, Progress bring back a, a Jordan Devlin, if Progress bring back a Scotty Davis, who we don't know what their status is with Progress right now. They're going to rightly be right rigged over the coals for that. Um, and I think, yeah, all of that stuff, I think, you know, safeguarding, um, you know, fans and wrestlers, you know, as far as mixing it shows, you know, what's what's the merch table etiquette going to be like after show, after parties? What Are, are they going to exist? I hope not. Um, all of those little things are going to have a lot, 
you know, a lot of attention paid to them. People are going to want to see your policies, your safeguarding policies. So they're going to want to know what exactly you're doing and who who do you speak to if something goes wrong. Trust has just been entirely broken, um, entirely, and a lot of people are going to walk away. But the people who are sticking around um, to rebuild that trust is going to take a long time. To be honest, I'm not sure Brit Res is up to it, to be honest. But yeah, mm. I think it's gonna everyone is gonna be watching um like Hawks and I think that is absolutely the right thing. I think we've obviously said it a million times, haven't we, and, and gone over the point ad nauseum, but you know, it's never gonna go back to that two thousand seventeen sort of like quote unquote boom period. But as far as like, you know, people building up, you know, even small crowds again or building some interest in them. As far as sort of like, you know, we're, we're always going to have your grassroots promotions will draw like a, a couple of, you know, 100 to 200 people and it's going to be a fun night out, but then sort of like not something you'd go, oh, you've got to go and check this out on VOD. It's, it's more of a like, oh, do you fancy coming up and watching this promotion? Sort of like, you know, your local promotion in Liverpool, but now, you know, that's like a night out, you know, it, it's just a, a, a fun night out. It's not something that's, you know, setting the world alight. But in terms of sort of like, you know, next summer, if, you know, I mentioned it earlier, you know, to, to pop a house, um, Red Pro, pull in an Ibushi and um, Progress maybe sort of like get Walter to headline one of the cards. Can you see those shows sort of like selling out, JP? Um, I would say, I would say no with Walter um, because I don't know how much of a cachet that, I mean, it's funny because I remember going to Rev Pro shows that Walter headlined and they didn't sell out. And it made me kind of wonder about the, the, the kind of possible limitations there um, of that. I think the only way you're going to get a crowd is that kind of an import. And then it's whether or not that import is going to be possible. Um, who are you going to be able to get in? Who's, who are you going to get in there to work with them? Because that's the other thing as well is, is like you, if you bring in an Ibushi, who's going to work with like really be Ibushi and Osprey? would be the only only way you'd be able to go. And then that comes with, obviously, its its own kind of is, issues and its own right about, like, kind of how many tickets would you sell for that and where would you hold it? Um, it's it's really difficult. I mean, I think, you know, and this is probably the stuff we're going to get onto in a little bit, but it, it it's 2021 should be about trying to kind of lay some solid foundations for the first time and actually try and run wrestling like a proper industry and it's going to take time and really this should be the kind of building blocks and thinking about it properly in the same way that wxw are where they're thinking okay we're not going to be able to do anything for this first half of the year we need to be thinking towards the latter half of the year and then for march as well and how we're going to do that and how we're going to be able to make up for it in the meantime and i think that kind of thinking doesn't really seem to be that prevalent within within brit rest so, any final thoughts, uh, Benno, before we move on about sort of like where the industry goes this year? It's dead grow up. Um, that's kind of my. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, we make the joke all the time, but I think, you know, Rit Res as a, as a product, the well consumed as a product, but, mm-hmm. you know, Dave Meltzer will review in his newsletter that, that John and Wayne might pay attention to a big match from that, you know, the, the whale might, uh, might talk about is 100% dead. What is the future of Brett Rez is probably, as you said, Martin, these these grassroots promotions, your your local fun promotions that run, you know, a mile from your house that you, you will make the trip for or a couple of miles from your house that you will make the trip for. It is going to be a long, long road to build back to 
any other kind of boom period. Like in most forms of entertainment, whether it be music or, or anything, um, wrestling is not special. Uh, you know, peaks and troughs come and go, and the next peak of British wrestling, if there is one, will be nothing like the last peak. It's going to be, you know, it'll be a completely different set of characters and a completely different set, different set of circumstances that will that will get over, um, and we'll get that. What we've got at the moment is, as we said earlier, you know, with the, you know, with the, with the video, there's a lot of funny meme wrestlers. There is a lot of people who, you know, have gotten over on Twitter. There is a lot of nice, fun mid card acts out there, and there's a lot of promising young wrestlers out there. That is all. You know, stuff that's going to give you houses on a local level, but it's going to be years before, you know, anyone mm. on a bigger level. Um, and it's going to be a rebuilding period for that, for the reality of that. And I think it's going to be a lean few years. I think people are wishing for, for COVID to, to be over with and be able to get back to live shows. But it's not going to be the live shows you, you knew before. It's going to be different venues, different circumstances, different characters. And yeah, it's going to be a real rebuilding both from a an in-ring and a product point of view but also from a, a fan trust and a and a community point of view mm-hmm. yeah definitely um i mean so despite us not doing an end of year show we couldn't you know do an end of year without a, a game of likely unlikely and you know getting some shit off our chest by throwing people in a dumpster benno <laughs> that's it we've got to do it every year this is uh this is how we kind of cleanse our soul of uh of the year in brit res and i think if there was ever a year to do it it's uh it's this year so yeah we're gonna play a a little game of likely unlikely and then maybe a quick game of uh of the uh the get in the bin awards that we we often do um i think we all know what's getting in the bin from 2020 in, mm. uh, in brit res but you know maybe we'll have some uh some other ideas as well but yeah let's play some likely unlikely uh if you're not familiar with the concept i'll throw some uh suggestions out there and uh yeah you guys can uh can let me know what you think the possibility of these things happening in 2021 our concept i entirely stole from uh from john errol Hawani. but you know if you're gonna steal something from someone why not steal it from the best <laughs> uh but yeah to go to go from the top then first one for you lads let's start uh we'll start with a you know a relatively uh tame one uh likely or unlikely uh walter drops the nxt uk belt in 2021 i think um if they have a big takeover event i think maybe he loses it to dragon off just as a as a big shock thing so he's finally won it and then he quickly wins it back i i'm gonna go unlikely i think like i just given the circumstances i'm not sure the only other reason I think that he would drop it is if he was going to the US, and I'm not sure if that's going to be happening. So I'm I'm going to say unlikely. Okay, I think unlikely. I think I think he holds the belt right through the year. Um, I just don't think they've got any other ideas. Uh, plus, who knows? There is you know, that. If there's even going to be a takeover, yeah, I think Walter gets a gets a long run with that belt. Uh, next one, likely unlikely. Uh, Fight Club Pro, you want to show? It, well, it should be very unlikely, and I really don't want it to happen. Yeah. Good thing. Possibility I, to I'm going to say unlikely, and it shouldn't be running, and people certainly shouldn't be going to it, like if I'm going to moralize about anything. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say unlikely because I think it's it, – I'd like to think Fight Club Pro is dead, and it should stay dead. I, th- I think I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm 
probably say unlikely, but I think the chances of a, a sound-alike, look-alike promotion popping up in the Wolverine scenario mm, with yeah. a lot of the same, a lot of the same cast of characters, I think that is likely. Yeah. Agree with you guys. That's something I hope doesn't happen. Uh, likely or unlikely, Chris Brooks wrestles in the UK in 2021. Oh, towards the end of the year, I'm going to say likely. I'm going to go unlikely. I think he's going to become more, much more of a commodity in DDT. Um, and he's just gone over to Big Japan. I think he's going to end up staying over there for as, as perhaps as much of the year as possible. Because what is, that, what is there to come back to and work here? And I'm not entirely sure that there'd be enough that he'd be perhaps coming back to. So I'm going to say unlikely. I'm also being a contrarian and going for the opposite of what you're saying, Martin. I'm surely, surely he's got some friends and family he'd like to see over here. So you know, perhaps when he can come back, you know, he'd chuck in a few shows here and there. Or maybe he loves Zoom. You don't know. He could have yeah, just yeah, gone right. He could, he could just be thinking, "Yeah, I'm loving this. Stay <laughs> over here." <laughs> uh, likely or unlikely, AW running the UK before the WWE in 2021. I'm going to say, well, it seems like they're desperate for a show. I feel like Cody brings it up in every interview. He doesn't he, about mm. doing a show in the UK. So I feel like the first opportunity, they are going to do it, but they are going to wait, I think. Um, so I'd say likely, yeah. I don't think WWE, you mean like a, a big WWE show or just like a house show? Any show. Ooh. Mm. WWE, WWE make it I concentrate on America first before they come back and tour over here. So I'm going to say likely AEW just come over and do one big show. You kind of forget, don't you? Because you assume it would be WWE. But AEW are the one who, who've got fans in right now. WWE still aren't even at that point. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I'm with you on that one. Sorry, JP. Yeah, it, it's there's a part of it. Are we counting NXT UK as part of this? Are they going to be running? Oh. We're talking WWE proper. We're never counting NXT UK, JP. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat hypocritical, given what we've been reviewing tonight. But there we are. Um, I would... I think WWE will run first because I think as soon as AEW make an announcement, it'll be probably a well-thought-out announcement, a proper venue. I'd assume it'll be... It depends if it's going to be sort of one episode of Dynamite, possibly another one, if they're going to make it worthwhile for it. Um, and I can see WWE just jumping in there to say, no, we ran here before you did, mm. just to do it because it's WWE and they're like that. Yeah, you just know they're going to say, oh, yeah, we had this venue booked three years ago. I don't know what you're on about for this exact yeah. date. <laughs> they'll, they'll say, well, we knew all the vaccines were coming out by that point, so we just booked <laughs> the venue there. And we actually knew there was going to be a pandemic three years before, and so we'd already planned all of this out and booked the BT Sports studio for the tapings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do we give any credence to the idea in New Japan running the UK in 2021? Uh, bonus one I'll throw in here. I, I, don't, I think 2022 is the soonest we get a, a New yeah. Japan in the UK. We're going to have to wait a bit longer, I think, for that. Oh, but I, I suppose as a you know an offshoot of that, do we get any new Japan talent coming over here? Mm, that's a good question. I would say, I would say likely. I would say tail end of the year, Red Pro run a super show mm-hmm. uh, or a version of one, maybe with less fans or that's some kind of on demand gimmick. I think with that business relationship, I think they'll they'll make that happen. Uh, but tail end of the year, I'd say likely. I'm going to say likely as well, because that was a big success, Royal Quest. And if they can get anything like that, 
And it also depends, you know, and we were speaking about it earlier, and it depends on really what they feel of that TV deal. Mm. And if they feel that they're going to get enough coverage that they'll be able to run the Copper Box again, um, which is an amazing venue. And, like, it would look like that would be the natural home. Can they, you know, they just need a better setup in terms of getting it live because it was an absolute shit show on there before. But uh, it's really, yeah, I could see New Japan wrestlers coming over for the end of the year but in terms of a big super show i'm going to go with 2022 it seems like the kind of natural fit for them to it given the way that they'll think about it they'll already have a lot of 2021 plans in place and if we've got the issue in terms of them having to cancel shows for tokyo they might just be figuring this year they're going to try and concentrate on as much domestic business as possible uh likely or unlikely and link to our earlier conversation progress splits from the wwe unlikely yeah, completely unlikely. Too many trends think, uh, behind the scenes there. There's a yeah. lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot all of mates. stuff there, isn't there? Yeah. We're all mates. We're all mates. We're all big family. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think <laughs> Said lot, Fred yeah. West, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, and I shouldn't make this segways, uh, OTT book Jordan Devlin. Ooh, I, I'd say considering they'll probably go, well, NXT's all over NXT UK, likely. Likely to. Yeah, I think likely. Tragically, I think likely. Scotty Davis isn't far behind them as well. Yep. Mm. Do, do Irish That's fans be- completely bark at that, though? That's a real issue because I think OTT is so... I mean, I feel like I, I'm on first-name terms with that entire OTT crowd. And I'm sure JP is. Yeah. Um, and I know all those people feel. Um, and it is. It's built on community, isn't it, OTT, in a lot of ways? you're going to lose all of those people. Uh, but I still think they're going to do it. Uh, I say likely to. Speaking of Fred West, Glenn Joseph returns to wrestling, likely or unlikely. I might have this one out. <laughs> if he's like Vince Russo, then probably likely, which feels like he's a, the spiritual successor to, doesn't he? Um, I, 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 I think mm. In the UK, it's... It, be really difficult to tell, but no. I'm, I'm going to say unlikely. I just can't think of where he would go to. Hmm. And yeah, I mean, where has he gone? Is he going to be back doing touring buddy or whatever it was that he used to do? And or has he just slithered away completely? Yeah, I'm going to hmm. say unlikely. I'm going to hope unlikely too. Um, likely or unlikely, uh, Gabriel Kidd moves up from New Japan Young Boy. There you go, JP. One for you. Ooh. Likely. Likely. I wondered whether or not they were setting him up to go in the Empire at some point mm. um, as a sort of direct thing of going there rather than getting sent away because it depends on what they do in terms of excursion stuff because mm. that seems like it's a bit of a non-starter. Um, but I'm going to say likely. They really liked him. They had him in there with Nagata, didn't they, at New Year's Dash. I mean, they've had him in there against sort of everyone there. I think he impressed all throughout the G1 in terms of a series of matches that to the naked eye might seem like they were exactly the same, but in fact they were different and, <laughs> and slightly better. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go, I'm, I'll, I'll go with that one. I'll go likely. And he deserves to be. Yeah. I'll say likely effort. You know, he's certainly towards the end of the year. I, I might even say that they might, uh, you know, put him in some sort of tag team to begin with before making him a singles guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, link to that then, likely or unlikely, and I, I, I would go with that too. I think it's happening. Um, I just think it's being delayed because of what's going on. Um, link to that, 
And you know what? I'll give you 2022 for this one as well, guys. Rev Pro has a British champion that isn't a New Japan contracted wrestler, likely or unlikely. Likely. I think Rick, Ricky Knight Jr. Yeah. I think that, that that's the person they're going with. And in some ways, he's the person who'll be around the UK scene. And I think... In 2021? Uh, I th- well, I think also in, in including 2022, you said, Ben, I'd be changing the rules. Oh, right no, yeah. no, no, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, just to clarify, I, I, do, you think, do you think it'll be then or, or 2022? I think actually they'll put the belt on him in 2021. And I, and I think that's the person that they'll end up going with because they'll want a champion who's there for a bit just to add some element of stability because having spent the game of people not being there defending titles, and if they're coming back in a weak position, you've got to have that title available on shows. And putting it on him would be the way to go. What New Japan would say about that is kind of a, a whole other issue because that's very much still part of, you know, the Will Ospreay gimmick, isn't it? Of being British heavyweight champion. So, but I think, like, unless Ricky Knight Jr. gets signed by New Japan, I think that's, that seems that's the person they're going to go with. Mm, I think that's what they're building up this south side belt for, to be the belt that can be used when Osprey's not over here. And like you say, I think New Japan's got too much influence over that, and they'll be like, uh, no, because I think if New Japan did bring <coughs> sorry, uh, Ricky Knight Jr. in, it'd be for like a Super Juniors thing, and they'd be like, well, it's supposed to be a heavyweight title, and you've got this junior guy winning it. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you're certainly building him up to be you know, a big guy for Red Pro, but I feel that that's what they're building up that south side belt for, to be you know, a title to be defended when Osprey is away. Mm. With you on that one, I think it's unlikely, and I would go into 2022. Ooh. Might not necessarily be Osprey, but it's going to be a New Japan guy who keeps the belt. Um, yeah, I think that's a good shout out. I think Ricky Knight Jr. is going to be like their British ace, um, but I think the title is going to spend most of its time in New Japan again. I think that's most likely. Um, likely or unlikely, Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs get signed before they have their 50th match. Young Guns. Tragically likely. They're not going to make it to 50. No. <laughs> it's shocking that, isn't it? It's probably, you're probably right. It's like um, pretty deadly, isn't it? Like, you know, they, they showed all the potential in the world for the two shows we all seen them on. And then before you knew it, they were already snapped up and signed. Um, yeah. I, I, I think they're, they're one of the bright spots we've got in Brit Res this year, aren't they? And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, mm. the pessimist in me doesn't see them sticking around. Yeah, I really hope it's unlikely because. Um... You know, as much as you mentioned Pretty Deadly there, I think we saw more of, of these two guys, didn't we? And, and more different and more matches by them rather than sort of like Pretty Deadly. Well, I know I certainly didn't. And they were a couple of the real bright sparks on the uh, UK indies. But yeah, it, it's hard to know because WWE just seemed to be signing everybody just to not use them. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise you if they did sign them. So, but I'll still say unlikely. I, I think that they'll they'll be around on the indie scene rather than NXT UK. Um, likely or unlikely, uh, this one's for Grapple Gareth. There's a British match rated four and a half stars or above by either Dave Meltzer or, on average, the Grapple App in 2021. Do we have the talent to deliver a match like that? And I'm saying a British match. I'm not counting. As much as it pains me to say it, NXT UK. Yeah, I was going to say, if they did a takeover with Dragon off against Walter and they had another banger, then yes, but other mm. than that, no. Yeah, unlikely. Yeah, I think unlikely, unless one of the other ones comes true and maybe we get like a big 
I don't know what the match would be. Big New Japan match on a Rev Pro card in November or December. Mm. Maybe Osprey Okada happens over here. Mm. That's the best. Oh, but then is that a British match? Uh, yeah, I think that's the only real option there. Well, um, maybe, you know, a Zach and Osprey match towards the end of the year and they have another banger mm. like they did, you yeah. know. That's true. That's true. Uh, lightly or unlikely, ICW closes. Please be lightly. Please be lightly. Please be lightly. Yeah, just because you want it to be likely, yeah, I'll say unlikely. It just needs to go, Martin. It just needs to go. <laughs> it's on the network now, mate. Uh, I think really, you know, uh, I don't think I don't think anyone needs ICW to exist anymore. Never mind all the uh, the moral issues around them still existing. Yeah, uh, I think creatively completely bankrupt company there. Yeah, doesn't really serve any purpose anymore. I'm going to go with unlikely as a hopeful one. Sadly for you, uh, Benno, I think Triple H likes it too much for whatever reason. If you look, he's, yeah. he's, that's the only indie one that he's appeared. Bearded on. lads, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> bearded long haired lads. That's what it has, and it has them in fucking spades. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think ICW is going anywhere. Um, we'll always need an attitude era ripoff of some form, won't we? And uh, and I think it that's its role in the market, as much as it pains me to say as well. I can't wait for uh, BWE episode 150 where uh, Ben Hill's reviewing <laughs> Fear and Loathing 57. Yeah. And the worst thing is, Martin, it'll be my fucking idea. Always is. <laughs> You've got to throw a bone to the lads up north, you know. Yeah, it's always a mistake when we do it. Unless Jeff Jarrett's on the show, then I'll make a then I'll make a uh, an exception. Well, <laughs> he's the man to say Brit rest. He's about to create India rest again. <laughs> so uh, why not get him over here? Why not? Uh, last couple then, uh, lightly or unlikely, Zack Saber Junior tweets. Oh, um... <laughs> I know that's a mean one. Unlikely, I, unlikely, I think yeah. Unlikely too. He's a mute now, isn't he? You know, mm. uh, yeah. We said that. I mean, I was talking to what was on um, Will's PW George podcast the other week, and we were talking about this. And I just think with Zack Sabre Jr., you know, it's disappointing he's not spoken up. But I think as far as it goes with him, is you know, mm. I don't really give any credibility to his you know moaning about Corbyn and his political leanings and all of that stuff anymore. I think he's lost yeah. all that credibility, and I think he probably knows it too. I think he's done with social media. I don't think we're going to tweet yeah. him. Sorry. I don't think he remembers his password in 2021. I think that level of emotion investment, that's the one thing that I kind of feel like as a, as a sort of a big loss of, of from British wrestling, primarily down to speaking out. And when you relied on someone, on people actually kind of putting their head above the parapet and actually saying something and showing kind of real leadership, it wasn't there. And then after that, you go, oh, okay, so a lot of this is just talk then. And then you just, and it's like you you said, and you said it on um, on PW Torch. It's just like, yeah, I can't take you seriously anymore. Yeah, it just it just it just came off across as like a, a charlatan, didn't it? Because out mm. of everybody, you, you were like, this is the guy to sort of like, you know, it's irrelevant if it includes your mates, if you're all your mates are getting accused, and you know, and admitting to it, it's like you know, you need to be the guy who's leading the charge, and you just didn't. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, um, he comes out to an idol song that makes a lot of strong points about sexual violence. And, you know, like uh, like a lot of idols fans, he's been proven to be a poser. So what are you going to do? Anywho, sorry to the idols fans. Um, <laughs> last one then. Lightly or unlikely, Jim Smallman gets promoted and becomes the new Triple H. Uh, I'll throw in any even, uh, even shag Stephanie in the end. They get married and they have kids and they have a whole family. Jim Smallman. <laughs> <laughs> running WWE creative in by 2022, likely or unlikely? Unlikely. Over Triple H's <laughs> dead body. Oh my god. 
I'm sure he's worked more power. <laughs> I'm sure he's worked out a way of mating his way up to the top, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's 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 how he gets around doing that. Um, I don't know maybe some fucking impressive baseball caps. I don't know, and some new trainers. Uh, it might yeah, he traded them in for some suits and cars and a, a nice house and stuff. Uh, or I could see him impressing mm. the right people with that with that NXT UK product. Hey, they had the they had the match of the year contender this year, you know. Um, I, I genuinely think if we if we're just going to purely do lightly and lightly, Jim Smallman winds up in America in a in a high position in creative. I will put closer to lightly than unlikely. I really do think that's going to. You can see him being the Fink character where they, they're just constantly bullying him mercilessly. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're fake punk with your uh, <laughs> <laughs> with your idols, um, your baseball caps. If you're saying like, yeah, seriously, could you see him being elevated to a higher kind of creative position? Yeah, I could see that happening because I think he'd very much know how to play the game that's being played there at the moment and keep his nose clean. And that's so, I, 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 you could see him getting a getting a contract to go over to there and then just not having to deal with the UK. Want to watch Gabe Sapolsky? Watch it back. Uh, there's a new social platform in town. Uh, well, uh, to bring that to an end then, I mean, we usually do our, our Get in the Bin uh, awards at this point. I mean, I will just say as a, as a thing for, for all of us, I think uh, the, the abusers, the complicit promotions and wrestlers, the boys club in Brit Res in 2020, 2020 in general can frankly get in the fucking bin. Anything else, lads, you want to throw in the bin with it? Um, I mean, yeah, that kind of that kind of covers it, doesn't it, for fucking 2020? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just wanted to, um, speaking of abusers, but one person who just won't go away and needs to go headfirst into the bin is Joe Coffey. I mean, despite, <laughs> despite all the speaking out allegations, is there anybody who just personified go-away heat like this fucking man? I mean... In fact, just the whole of Gallus. I mean, I can't believe there was a time I thought this guy had promise. I mean, what the fuck was I smoking there? I mean, stunk up main event after main event. Chasing so, the dragon, mate, I think, if you were thinking those thoughts. <laughs> I mean, he choked on every big stage he's been on, hasn't he? I mean, angling ICWP done at that takeover. I mean, I'd love to put the glasses on whoever, you know, thinks these guys are the next big thing behind the scenes at NXT UK just... Top not wanker. I mean, our dear friend Joe Lemon put it best when he said the only place for him was as a Triple H tribute act in leisure centres. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Joe got a bit of heat for that comment, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he did. <laughs> he was proved very much right, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got the Gallus lads as a thing. Um, uh, is it Shawn Michaels behind the scenes that loves them? It must be someone like that. Oh, Brookside, Regal. Uh, yeah oh god I mean, i'm with you on that one that can get in the bin i think while we're talking nxt uk those golf claps they can get in the bin it's like watching <laughs> yeah. these shows this morning jesus christ it's so bad it's like game show sounds isn't it yep. it works for no and does stuff oh my god is it bad and yeah while i'm out at the fucking drama school promos sorry to say it for fans of her out there but Ginny, Ginny can get in the bin I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of that NXT UK product on, and she is back on my telly again, doing the same promo she did five years ago with no improvement whatsoever. She personifies the NXT UK drama school impression of what they've seen on Monday Night Raw style. All of that can get in the bin for me. It, it's constant poses can we throw in there as well. These constant mm. fucking poses, every weird hand signals. It's like, what, are you in QAnon? What? How is this working? It's just... <laughs> Like, all of these poses on there, 
It's just like <laughs> reminding me of watching a bit of Pineapple. I don't know if you ever saw Pineapple Studios and that really annoying dance teacher who was on that. Just like constantly kind of posing to the point where you just like, fuck off and act like a human being. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. All of that stuff. The hard cam. Can we put that in the fucking bin? Just for a year anyway, just to kind of let these people <laughs> get out of this horrifically regular, regulated <laughs> thought process they have. How about the camera then do the job well. and follow the wrestlers? Oh, it's so bad. That new it's thing, so Wargasm, I mean, shit name for a band, even shit a song. I mean, I don't know how they managed it, but yep, they topped that even worse song <laughs> than they had before. Absolutely unbelievable. It's a constant Big theme fact. on that I always notice on that. <laughs> like, <laughs> the music used around, like, British wrestling, Martin, appears to be something that they just appear to be torturing you with year upon year. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, I'm a big music fan, so I expect, like, you know, good music with things that entertain me. But obviously, you know, wrestling just, you know, continuously annoys me with the shit music that they pick for things. Just dirge, isn't it, that theme tune? There's plenty of good UK bands they could have used for um, for that song, but they picked this one. Oh, they could have used Chaz and Dave, and yeah. it would have been better <laughs> than that. Oh, that would be much improved. Uh, wouldn't be putting them in the bin. I'd, I'd um, be up if a wrestler came out to Rabbit. You know, why not? <laughs> oh, that's controversial all. lyrics probably fit most of their roster anyway. <laughs> 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 well, speaking of which, you know what else can get in the bin? Stand culture, merch table culture, that can get in the bin. There yeah. are still people there are still people in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one out there, like talking about these wrestlers like like they're your mates. They're not your mates. If we learned anything from 2020, it's that just because a wrestler was nice to you at a merch table doesn't mean they're a good human being, doesn't mean that they, they want to be your friend, doesn't mean that they, you know, they, 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 they see you as anything other than the person who's going to buy some used gear off them for an inflated price or, or hawk a couple of extra T-shirts. If we learned anything in 2020, we need to keep these lads at a distance. And I, don't, I still feel like there's still some fans who don't, who still... Oh, you know, these guys, but this guy, this guy is my friend. This this guy was nice to me that one time. Get in the bin with that. Stand culture, merch table culture in general. Get in the bin in 2021. Yeah. Can we we put the word simp in there as well? I'm not even sure what it means, but it just sounds fucking deviant. (laughs) Let's get rid of that. For sure. Uh, I'll throw, I mean, I already gave enough grief before. I was going to throw Jim Smallman in the bin, but I've been mean enough already. Um, but I, all I will say is, you know, people who were in power in Britres over the last couple of years, who've had precisely nothing to say over the last six months to protect their own job um, and have been complete mutes despite their emphasis on family and emphasis on we're all in this together and emphasis on protecting each other and looking out for each other. If you've been silent these last six months, you can get in the fucking bin too. Yeah. Yep. If you've gone, you know, if you've just crawled back like a fucking snake, then yeah, you definitely deserve to go in this biffer bin. Yeah. And it's, and it's the amount of like kind of people who are, this is like an addition to that, all the various ill thought through group groups and regular kind of fake regulatory bodies that were coming up really half-assed way run by fucking cowboys at the same time all of them can get in the bin fuck off it's grown-up time is what i like to think for british wrestling if i want for 2021 or fucking grown-ups running it and like not willing to kind of tolerate any sort of daft shit like i in some ways that's all i want for 2021 i want brit rest to fucking grow up 
and I want it to behave like just run by adults as a proper industry and business and just in a grown up way. And if that means you can't, I don't know, have lots of like kind of, I don't know, dabbing photos with fucking whoever, then so be it. It's a price <laughs> that I will happily, happily pay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if you want a light heart of one, I'll throw it in there. The Red Pro Bar at York Hall, I can get in the bin. Can, oh. can we sort out some decent drinks for 2021 <laughs> and 2022 if we end up back at yeah. York Hall, everyone? Can we sort out a better system than having one queue for cards and one queue for cash again in the year of our love 2021? And then when you get to the front, there's no Doom Bar left and you have to drink Carling. Ship bars and Brit Res for a light to one. Get in the fucking bin. Yeah. <laughs> outdoor, outdoor show, bring your own booze. It'll there work we go. well. Like Riptide in the summer last year, that's what we yeah, were more Yeah, exactly. I thought you wanted to get rid of that party culture. <laughs> well, it'll be a party that only I'm invited to, and everyone else can fuck off. My can bottle of Yuki Brown, and I'm drinking it. Those two Academy bars aren't much better either, are they? No, they're not. That's true, that's true. Uh, anything more from you guys you want to throw in the bin? Oh. No, I think we've pretty much covered it, haven't we? I think a whole much, lot yeah. of it. Brit Res in general. Shall we just put Brit Res in the bin in 2020? Yeah. And let's hope whatever, so. whatever rises up. from its ashes. Put blow it, it up, light it, it on fire. Cliff, blow it up, fire a yeah. missile at it, fire it into the sun. <laughs> Restart the whole thing. Yeah. And so, frankly, we'll it could, it's more likely to come out as a seagull on fire rather than a phoenix. But, you know, <laughs> you take what you can have. <laughs> Very true. Uh <laughs> I can't top that. Yeah, a seagull. <laughs> Flaming seagull. I wish we had that as a show image now, but this isn't grapple. Uh, uh, I see. That would be the title. <laughs> Flaming uh, seagulls. Anyway, yeah, before we head out of here, obviously we've got some plugs to get in. It's been um it's been a month obviously since you last spoke, Benno. I mean plenty of stuff been going off across on grapple, hasn't there? Um JP and Benno. Yeah, we've been busy. Um, if you didn't catch it, we did our, our Christmas party show uh, over the Christmas period uh, that you can check out on YouTube. The uh, the full, well, actually, not the full, and uh, <laughs> to protect JT's uh, yeah. <laughs> reputation. Uh, most of uh, that show is uh, is still live on YouTube. You can check that out as we have some beers and get uh, joined by uh, the likes of WH Park and, uh, and Will Cooling and other friends of the show. So that was a fun time. Um, yeah, other than that, we've been doing our regular show. We did a Wrestle Kingdom review that you can check out and next week uh, like I said earlier on the show we'll be doing our match of the year uh, 2020 part so we can finally put that year to bed given our uh, our top 10 countdown and you know obviously uh, James is unable to, to join us uh, in full this year although you know keep an ear out to the episode you might have a, a couple of uh, interesting guests pop up uh, through the time including some post wrestling personalities but yeah in his, uh, in his step we've got uh, the great uh, Alan Kuna and Alan Farrell joining me JP and Gareth uh, as we count down our top 10 so yeah you can forward to that uh, next tuesday grapple.podbean.com and i'm at benson richie day on twitter and jp yeah, but... obviously we really enjoyed having you on the kenny omega round table you know a lot of fun doing that um uh, you know some great analysis i think um obviously listening to you just not on that show but also on on the round table as you did from grapple this year i really feel like you've uh, you know i've always enjoyed listening to you but i really feel like in the past year you know you've really you know, elevated to one of the top sort of like analyzers around. So, you know, great job on that and great job on, on all the other stuff you've been doing. Oh, thank you very much, Martin. Very, very kind of you. Yeah, it's been, it's been a kind of like kind of a big year for the, uh, I mean, for us on Grapple and the amount of kind of shows that we've been doing as well. And hopefully we'll have some announcements coming up very, very soon. 
which um, for, for, for those who, who like listening to us. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JPGP. Um, and I would say go on to, you know, Apple or the rest of them. Give us rate and review. Give us five stars. Talk about how brilliant we are. That'd be great. We'll earn loads of money. Be fantastic. And, then down, and download the app from all the app stores as well. Yep, and as for me, uh, me and Andrew Thompson will be back with Adventure at the end of the month. We're talking, it's uh, obviously January Royal Rumble, so we're going to be looking at Royal Rumble 2002, so look out for that. And also check out our merch on Post Wrestling Store. And um, yeah, and of course, as we noted at the start of the show, me and Benno are going to be on the Up Next Patreon at the end of the month with the lads and the Real Rumble game. And obviously, all roads lead to postwrestling.com. And thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.